Und willkommen zurück zu VTF in Vanadil mit Spicy und The Fox Danger? Yes. And today we have a special guest. Special guest. Hello. Ich But bin hier zum Putzen. <laughs> yes, I'm here. I'm here to clean. I am yes. I'm the German uh, German I Some know. people may know me. I know what you were... Yes, he's here to clean. He is the guy who maintains the pup uh, guide on... Not Fabi, the string theory guy, but the other Fabi. The German Fabi, we could say. The cleaner. He does the pup sets on auctionhouse.com. Eric's. Yes, I do that in my spare time. And, yeah. Um, actually, really, I really appreciate that uh, Fabi um, asked me to help out with that. Because I really enjoy helping people... Uh, Prove their pups. And pups a job, I think, nice. is going to be super, super interesting because people just kind of see one dimension or maybe a half or a quarter dimension of pup, and that's about it. So pups actually a really mm -hmm. deep job that's changed a lot over the years. So it's going to be a quite interesting of a topic, I think. But with that, want to get into it, Fox? Yeah, we can. I mean, I'm definitely interested in the, in the pup thing because I'm probably the worst pup in existence. But uh, hi, uh, yeah, we can we can definitely get the uh, the side stuff out of the way. That's for sure. So, how you doing, Fox? For sure, I'm doing pretty good. Um, it's starting to be uh, crunch time for this particular uh, part of school, so I'm like working on uh, final projects and stuff. Um, aside from that, I've just done more game stuff. Um, I've gotten to be wrong a lot recently, especially when it comes to like my understanding of certain things like hand hand weapon skills. That was actually pretty refreshing. Um, but uh, aside from that, I haven't really had a whole lot else. Uh, I've been doing a lot of Odyssey. Uh, we got a lot of that taken care of, um, working on all the, the vengeance climbs and stuff now, uh, but the group is squared away and ready to go. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I haven't really been doing a whole lot since the last time we talked, man. Uh, how about you? You know, when you mentioned Odyssey last night, I joined a pickup group and in it was one of our listeners and they won the parse. And at the end of the group, when we zone out, they go, I got daddy's love. Yeah, I, I saw that screenshot that, that I, I don't know. I, I felt like I like cringing was the right response to that. But it's a good I, I cringe. It's a good cringe. It, it is a good cringe. It is a good cringe. Like, I'm, I'm glad that that, that dude found uh, enjoyment out of that and that he got to win daddy's love on that parse. So it, clearly that was a good night. For him as well i got enjoyment out of it so i don't even, i don't even care i mean you know it's like feel the burn feel the cringe it's a good burn so otherwise oh, i bet you did otherwise this morning i made a nice breakfast for uh carrot and you know she walks in i go here's your plate i made coffee i made a nice english muffin with some uh she said apple butter's fine instead of a jam today so it was apple butter and she goes you're so good to me And I go, hey, you know, no problem. And I go, you want some sriracha? And she goes, yeah, sure. So I, I tilt the bottle, I open it, and sriracha has a propensity to, when you open it sometimes, splatter out the top. I don't know why. Yep. Yeah, I don't know why that happens. And I was tilting it. To, she was holding her plate, standing there. So I was tilting it towards her. And I go, oh, shit, it got in your robe. I'm sorry. And then next thing I hear is screaming, because sriracha went in both of her eyes. So... It's a nice and intentional blinding, right? It was, it was like, it wasn't blood curdling, but it was like, it was like call the police if you're the neighbor kind of screaming. So I, 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 you know, she tries to put her plate down. She can't see. She's blinded and screaming. And I put, you know, put the plate down. I start trying to get her to huddle over to the bathroom because the sink has dishes. I just cook breakfast. I don't want to like put her face in the dishes. You got a pan. You got, you know, 
So she's screaming and trying to like, I got my arm around trying to go to the bathroom to try and start flushing her eyes out. And first thing I'm thinking, I'm trying not to chuckle because it's so ridiculous. She's in pain and I feel bad because I caused it. But I'm trying to chuckle because it's ridiculous. And my first thought is the neighbors are hearing it. <laughs> there we go. I knew it was painful. I'm sorry. Carry on. Hey, hey. I would have laughed too. It's okay. <laughs> she just busts through. And so I'm patting her back and I'm just thinking to myself, the neighbors are hearing this right now. It was just screaming. Just pain, like, like someone stabbing me screaming. So that was my morning. Yeah, so fast forward to when the cops showed up though. Oh, boy. So, otherwise, today I helped a friend. Uh, I have an Icelandic friend who is, I don't know, out of the friends I have, I'll say he's probably the best one that I have on a daily day, you know, not daily occurrence, but in a regular occurrence of seeing people in real life, whatever the phrase I can't think of is. Uh, he's like, you know, probably my <laughs> best friend in that regard. So, I went over to help him move today. So, you know, it was a day I brought over cheese and bread because I'm a good guest. I don't, you know, I don't. Eric's since Germans move so much, you typically you ask your friends to come over and you give them the beer, right? I brought the beer this time. Beer and pizza, yeah. Pizza, okay. Wait, wait. Some- why? Why do? Why do Germans I mean, all- move a lot? Because less than half That's- own houses, and they have good renters agreements, oh. and there's a lot of reasons for it. But they move often, right? Yeah, we also have a lot of uh, social apartments and stuff like that, so uh, it's a bit tricky. I mean, I, I haven't really moved too much myself. So I don't have a ton of experience with that, but uh, a couple of my friends have, for sure. Yeah. It just seemed weird to me as all. Like, like usually when people, like, point out something about, you know, a, a people or something like that, it's it's usually not they move a lot. So I, I just well, had to ask about they that. have some that, of the that lowest, if not the lowest, home ownership in Europe. And it's like it's a cultural thing to rent there. They're renting culture after the war. But anyway, um, so, yeah, I helped him move, had cheese, drank. Stuff like that. And then I'm sitting there, and then Eric goes, I'm here if you guys are. And I'm like, I was looking at my watch and stuff all day to make sure I wasn't late. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm off by an hour. Because we're doing it in Pacific time. And I always do everything in Eastern time. So I did four hours instead of three, because daylight savings is a thing. I don't know why. And yeah. Well, it was nice that I wasn't the one who had to convert this time. (laughs) Tell me about it. Right? At least you didn't blind your spouse with, uh, you know, chili peppers. Not this week. Only sometimes. How about you, Eric Saria? I'm good, thank you. Um, it's not much to say. Uh, I mean, aside from the string theory guide, I've also been working on a webcomic uh, project that I'm plugging right now. <laughs> uh, it is about Final Fantasy XI, and some people may have seen it in the past. Uh, it's been on hiatus for a while, but I'm I'm starting to work on that again. So uh, look for please look forward to it. I think someday. I think Batcher was doing one too. We mentioned him last time. He's the map guy and the stuff like that. I think he also has one or something like that, or maybe he did. I don't know. But I mean, it's less of a. I, I guess it's less of a web comic and a typical sense. It's more of a graphical or graphic novel I'm putting on the internet. Like uh, it's, it's supposed to be like an, a, a real adventure style comic and uh, more. Um, well, uh, like a bit darker than, and really involved with the story. That's that's a bar alley. Called it. A t- a t- yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, it's, it's called. Yeah, it's called a tale retold, and basically aims to retell the main storylines of the game, in one cohesive uh, plot with um, original characters 
acting as adventurers, experiencing the story of the game as they go through it with their own troubles and backstories and stuff. So when you say original characters, is that is that original characters from like your guys' creation or your creation, yeah. or is that like based off of people you knew from gamer? Or how's that? Uh, they're characters I've written specifically for the comic. Uh, one or two have like um, designs based on old friends, but uh, doesn't really go beyond that. I don't really like to self-insert or insert others into the into my works. Okay. So it's just really shallow in that respect, at least. That's really cool. Um, um, I always like it when people can give back to the world artistically, you know, despite what else you plan on getting out of it. I just think it's always cool to do that stuff. Yeah, unfortunately, I can only write. So um, I uh, I previously had a really good artist with whom I worked, and uh, unfortunately, I lost touch with him. And now I'm looking for a new artist. Uh, but once uh, that gets sorted out, um, hopefully I can actually get that uh, up and running. I'm currently working on the storyboard, so that's going to take a while, but uh, it should be interesting. Already sent Spicy uh, one oh, of the really old, good. older pages we made. Yeah, didn't yeah. have any dialogue in it, but uh, didn't yeah. need it. It's just I showed it to Carrot because she's more art savvy than I, and she looked at it and she goes, "Oh, that's really good." But I think you undersold it a bit before the little pre-discussion here. You're like, "It's nothing special." I just, you know, I, I don't even know if I want to bring it up. And it's like, "Oh, now that you mention it like that, it sounds actually really cool." So I mean, believe in yourself there. I, I mean. I didn't want to oversell it because it's a huge project and uh, it does cost a lot of time and money. And I'm not 100% sure yet whether it will get up and running, but I'm really hoping that it will because I've been, I've been working on it for ages now. Like it's a, it's a big passion project next to Puppet Master, obviously. And I really would like to give back to, commun to the community with, uh, with that, especially since originally uh, I concepted that because um, at the time, uh, a lot of people were jumping off Final Fantasy, and um, uh, a lot of Final Fantasy fans in general never got to play uh, the story of Eleven because it's an MMO. So I was kind of hoping to tell the story of the game in a format that was more accessible to uh, the wider fan base of the series. Yeah, awesome. I mean, the reason you're here today, I mean, not that you wouldn't have eventually or anything, but... I made that Reddit thread recently where I was saying, if anyone wants to come be a guest or anything, and you were the guy who emerged out of that thread, you were, I mean, well, uh, one of our listeners saw it too, because I posted it, and now uh, Jarl is interested in coming on for Geo, we were talking about last night, Fox and I, but you responded to that thread, so if you build it, they will come. I'm sure there are people who'd be interested to, I mean, you'd have to sift through the stores there maybe to find the gold ring, but, I mean, if you if you do actually ever need anyone, if you reach out, there are people lurking in this community that you'll find out yeah i mean the, the main hurdles right now are obviously finding a new artist and uh one that fits the like the vision i have for the comic style um which the old artist really captured really well i'm still super sad about that but uh, i did pay, pay them for the for a couple of pages they did make so it's all coming out of my own savings right now and I'm hoping to uh, get the help of the community in the future to um, help pave the artists for their work while I'm doing the storyboard for free. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, get some like, exposure uh, like to that. Set up a Patreon. Yeah, you could do a Patreon. Yeah, but get some, we'll, make an auction house post. Everyone knows you. Then just if you want, if you, this is your, it, it sounds really cool. I think people, from what I saw, the, what you showed me, I don't usually look at those things. But when I saw that, I'm like, yeah, if you if you put this on auction house and there's exposure, like, I, would, I would definitely look at that. So. You know, reach out to people or give yourself a little bit of a spotlight, some limelight for a second. You'd probably be surprised. 
funny story. I actually did post about it a long time ago on Auction House looking for an artist and I just got laughed out. <laughs> Nobody wow. was interested in it. So, I mean, it, it is Auction House. I mean, you can't, it's not like everything's roses and rainbows there. It is just kind of like the biggest public venue for the people to talk off the game, but otherwise. Yeah. But to be fair, um, you really do need to pay your artists and, and I'm happy to pay the one uh, that I will eventually work with and the one I did work with. But uh, yeah, it's 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 hard to find good quality art uh, at uh, like affordable prices for for like a big project like this because I can't pay too much. I uh, I uh, do not have a well-paying job at the moment, so it's it's rough for me. I would but pay. I, I'm trying. I would pay someone to make an intro song for us. I mean, but <laughs> yeah, you do have to pay people I mean, if you want quality. Yeah, that's why I, that's why I'm hoping to set up a Patreon eventually and just uh, to help uh, to get help from the community to uh, pay pay the the artist uh, a fair wage for their work. And uh, I'm happy to do it the storyboarding just for free because it's a passion project for me. But I don't expect uh, my art partner to do the same because they 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 technically have a lot lot more uh, like physical work to do. For me, it's more of a mental thing like. Uh, coming up with the storylines story and uh, fleshing out the story and the dialogue. But yeah. Yeah, well, that's cool. Um, yeah, I understand how it is to have to, because when I do a lot of editing or writing stuff, I, you have to, it's a big mental thing. And it, it it may look easy enough to do, but if you're not the right mindset, then you're not going to get the best quality or what you want out of it from your vision. So with that being said, let's move on to... Fox, you want to do the YouTube comment we got today? I don't have the comment. I have it in front of me. I'll read it. Okay. So on our last episode here, 22, we had, uh, we talked about our favorite mob here and pissy butt XD, which is a great name. Love pissy butt here said you two accidentally made a money printer style meme quote. Do you have a favorite enemy? And Fox (laughs) goes, soul flares are enemies in final fantasy 11. It is said that when a blue mage is no longer able to control the beast within as a side effect of using blue magic, they lose the ability to maintain their mortal form and are transformed into soul flares among other monsters. Highly trained and experienced soul flares are known to exist, leading the sun to believe that the theory is true. Soul flares are named for their aggressive tendencies and powerful magic, which I think might've been taken off Clopedia or something, but nonetheless, then they go spicy. That was, that was definitely paraphrased. Yeah. It looks like it. And then they go spicy. Ha ha. Pirogo go lick. Yeah, I, well, I mean they, they captured it pretty well. Like I, I of course sat there and just gave the technical breakdown of exactly why I like X thing, and <laughs> you just appreciated the fact that the uh, Pirogos have tongues and they attack with so their tongues. It's, it's, they it's go lick. Stuff. It's it's funny. It's cool. It's it's you know, <laughs> it's funny. It's, they have the it's best tongues. Good. What is the what is the Nordic it's phrase? Good. I, I like uh, I, I like lighthearted comments like that. That's pretty sweet. Well, I think the Nordic phrase is a uh, flutia. Is my friend has a tattoo that says it. I think that's the, the the phrase there for cool. I think that's what the pirogos do with the tongue is flutu. Anyway, let's see. We have oh, we have the segment we haven't had in a long time here. Question that we weren't asked, but we're going to answer anyway. So do you want to go to the this Beastmaster question here? Uh, it was posted five days ago on Reddit. Yeah. And I guess I'll read it and then... I don't know if you want to point it out or whatever or whatever you had an issue with, but it's a question we weren't asked here. And temp mail account 99 what are people's avatars are they're terrible anyway temp account here says what's the purpose of beast in these days endgame i don't know if it has more debuffs and buffs plus the ambu axe seems pretty good could you organize this 
However, I don't know what its main role is, so I can start gearing it and focusing on the most important sets first. Okay, so just start. Um, I would say the best way to approach this is to actually just like look at a guide, not not for the idea of the like, gearing or anything, but just to get a just kind of get a feel for like what you can do with this job. Um, th this kind of this kind of question doesn't seem real well researched, and what concerns me is they probably just heard that Beast is good at something. And they're looking for like an opportunity to, they're looking at it for like an opportunity to bandwagon. So I don't know. Um, it is good, that's for sure. Um, but uh, as far as like a main role goes, it, it's it's one of those things where like you're not going to get a good answer um, somewhere else. And there are replies to this that I don't necessarily agree with. <clears> Crossbones. <throat> well, yeah. See, I wasn't going to call it out, but you know, you will, of course. So uh, <laughs> basically. The, it's 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 the same sort of thing where like someone figures out that a job can do something that that you know kind of flew under the radar for a while and then all of a sudden it becomes em emphasizes like the only thing it can do. Um, here again, the slug comes out and they're like, oh, well, the slug is so good at lowering attack and defense. You know, it's so powerful you can stack it. Uh, um, the the problem is, is that the answer comes with like a popularity tag on it, like something being meta is is a problem that I've pointed out before. You know, whether or not you're bring things because it's meta you should be bringing things because that's how you build your group you know but it should never really come up that there's like a super popular option that that affects it um popularity should be based on like the demand and like the actual fun the person has playing the job so um generally the the answers this particular user gives are all like meta driven and the problem is is they're so generic to their particular meta that it's often not the best answer um there's a lot of other things beastmaster can do uh that isn't just, you know, I have decimation and I can use slug. I can use cricket um, to cleave. Yeah, I can use cricket to cleave. Um, I can That's use aquex to frailty. Or I'm sorry, not frailty. Yeah, I can use aquex to malaise and uh, and also give uh, magic attack down. You know, you can you can actually like spam stun lock like giant waves of mobs with uh, many of the AOE stuns that are like single charge. They're like 10 second recasts. Uh, you can jettatura almost every nm like if you've ever if you've ever been with a beast in in um in like wave two wave three uh you can actually just jettatura just terrorize lock almost every every everything in there so like there's other utilities that can come up too you don't just have to deal damage to be useful and i mean i don't know what your problem was with the post because i remember you had said something about it and, and that's the reason i bring it up it's not just because it's fun to pick on people and it's not picking on people for the sense of, oh, it's just fun to do it. It's because when you focus on, you have to be picking on someone for a general reason in my mind. At least that's how I always approach it and what's yeah. typically what I'm known for. And the reason you do that is to shine light on something, point something out, to reach a different consensus, sometimes for the sake of being different, but generally, hopefully not. Uh, and it's to, you know, kind of cut through that meta thinking or the typical casual thinking, whatever it is. The, the general mindset is to cut through that, and that's why I bring it up, not just because it's like, ooh, 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 person, you know, but I didn't know. They, they did mention Tolfair, Slug, and Akuas or whatever, yeah. and then Cleave with Cricket, but that was about all they said, build a decimation set. I didn't know if you had a specific they, problem with it or... It, it kind of feels to me like a poisoned answer because they, they do actually positively reinforce this person looking, the person asking this question, and to looking into beast further and they give out the same advice that i do where you know you should go check out what this job's really about instead of just trying to get meta answers but and the same token it's saying that the job is not super popular or needed for most 
content is not going to turn someone on to a job because they're they're going to think, well, am I going to spend all this time gearing this job and then turn right around and not be used afterwards? Like that feels like a lot of wasted effort. Am I not going to get to play with anyone? And that's that's the wrong way of thinking about it. Uh, sometimes you have to build your own groups. Sometimes you have to sell to people that you are a competent player that knows how to play the job you're on properly. And um, results come from the uh, labor of effort. It's not from you know you templating something that someone else has you know done and just copied through it. Which is what makes my shitty blue guide the best guide I've made, even though I think it is the worst <laughs> guide I've made, is because right at the start there, I get into this job as a mindset. It's I mean. That's why I really don't cover gear in it, because I mentioned pieces of gear from content or whatever, and I kind of actually want to just rip all that out, actually. I'm thinking of just taking all that out. It's extra work I don't need, and it's not crucial to the job. A gear guide handles that. It's not a gear guide. So I'm thinking of like cutting half the blue guide out, because I haven't updated it anyway, so it's just extra work I'm never going to do. But yeah, I think that's... Yeah, the, it's mindset. The, yeah, it's, it's also the bane of most guides, too. Like Most guides don't have you asking yourself the questions about your job that are really important for playing it properly. You know, a lot of people think it's just a copy paste sort of scenario. And this is a, this is a, a monologue that I've been on a lot lately and answering a lot of questions. And I guess that's maybe why I'm bringing it up now. But uh, a lot of guides just don't seem aimed at anything other than telling people what gear to get, but not necessarily guiding them on how to progress or play the job. And I think that's a big problem. And frankly, uh, that's easy because for the thief guide, for example, I'm not writing out everything about how I play thief. I'm like the gear matters. So I put it there and it's also me working on my own sets or ideas of sets. So it's me actually working for myself that everyone else can use. And everyone goes, thanks for the guide. It's like, okay, I, I mean, I kind of did it for people to use, but I also did it because it's directly something I'm doing. And it's like, it's me. So, but yeah, the blue guide, I don't think I said things in the greatest way. And I would, if I was asked that question live, it wouldn't, it would probably be more in depth than that. Or you know, it might be a different one I had, but at least I tried to kind of be like, hey, think about things differently. But at any rate, let's get on to, I think, our last segment here. Uh, let's send Ronstadt off into the big pickup group in the sky, because it happened a couple weeks ago or something. Ronstadt got banned, and we've mentioned him a couple times here. It's about time. I mean, I think it should have been Rondorf instead of Ronstadt, because it takes a village to deal with this guy, not a city. Uh, a city just doesn't care about him. So, <laughs> I think people have gotten too publicly bold with the fact that they use certain tools. You know, I, I, of course, run in circles where there are like crusades against those people. And I, I tend to be the most lenient when it comes to, you know, people not involved in our circles using them. But when people just like blatantly go out and just use these things, they, they honestly just deserve to be banned. Like you should never be advertising that you're cheating at a game. You know, That's, I'm going to do yeah. something wrong here for a second, Fox. And I know I shouldn't do this, but I want to. Oh, good. Uh, you know. You know, there's certain Ronstadt has an image that's not pristine. He's 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 mostly an idiot. <laughs> and now that's that he's now that he's gone, maybe he'll come back. Who knows? I mean, he had. I mean, whenever he had a pickup group, it was a dog pile on making fun of Ron because he had earned that reputation through having terrible pickup groups. But there's people in the community who do do a service for the community and who do have a rather pristine image, and people look up to them and think this and that and. When you were doing Rua's Odyssey groups and everyone there was upset you weren't using Anchor and things, and that's that's obviously his group. He's condoning that by letting that exist and letting people work that way and behave that way. It really, to me, undersells what you're shooting there because Anchor is something that is never required. It's bypassing mechanics, and to me, it is the ultimate sign of weakness in this game. 
that you can't handle a basic mechanic, you're too weak, and you have to circumvent it for your own convenience, you say. But it's not convenience. It's because you can't handle it to the point where you feel the need to eliminate your headache. And it should not be that way. And I think it really kind of... I don't have anything against Rua here, but I think really when you have that sort of image and exposure, you have to decide if you want to be that guy that people see in the guides or you want to be the Ejin that people see get banned. So I, I want to clarify that just so that we know exactly you know what, where you're coming from on that one. That he never, like Rua himself, never said directly that I need to use Anchor or anything. In fact, he's the one who says that, that I played vanilla. Uh, well, quote unquote vanilla. I, of course, use Gearswap and I've never said that I don't. Um, but he he didn't really see that as a negative thing, um, but he also doesn't see the fact that the rest of them use Anchor as a negative thing either. And it was the rest of the group who who had made, made comments about the fact that I don't use Anchor. Not, um, But they never were like, oh, well, Fox is bad because he doesn't use Anchor. They, it's not that they, I wasn't saying they said you're bad. They were just, if they're making comments publicly, it means it's a big deal enough to them to have to try and like uh, peer pressure you into it. But ultimately, it doesn't matter if he's doing it or not. The buck stops with him. This is his group and his Discord, and they're sure. rallying around him. So ultimately, he is responsible in my eyes. But anyway, nonetheless, it's just yeah. Like if you're condoning that activity out of your out of your group of people that that you're working with, and obviously, you know, you you can't say that that you're like for or that you can't say you're against it, right? But I just didn't want any like direct words like being put into his mouth directly because. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can support something, but then you can also be the one actively saying something, too. And I wanted to make sure that line was very clear because I don't like to blame people unfairly for things. I'm of the silence is compliance crowd there that if you're being quiet about something you see, then you're you're in compliance with it. But uh, I'm not trying to pick fights for the sake of fights. I just have a yeah, certain, yeah. you know, integrity is a thing for me. So I kind of, you know, nonetheless. Oh, I dislike Anchor, too. It was, it was one of the decisions for making me want to leave the group, actually. Um, that uh, that expectation just came up as though it were just some sort of common thing. Um, Taken for granted. Like that, that using that particular tool, yeah, that particular tool shouldn't be a common thing in the game. And you're right, it does prove weakness. You can, I prove daily that you actually don't need anchor in any content. Uh, that's just for six boxers and lazy people, you know? So I guess I'll just call it for what it is. Let's get into Puppet Master now that we've had that very exciting yeah. segment start. That is definitely, I, I think that's going to come back to me in some manner and you know we'll find out if it turns into a dumpster fire or not you know i'm fine with that because everyone looks and says oh this guy's a troll this and that it's like no i am allowed to have feelings and opinions and just because these people are your idols doesn't mean they get off with different treatment or anything like that and if they are your idols they're held to a higher standard that's how it is and that's you know if someone has an opinion that manner it's not to start a fire it's that we live in a society fox <laughs> anyway so let's start here, I guess, with a shout out to Fabiano and his string theory, because uh, Fabiano used to be in my link show when we did it, and he was always on Pup, and he was the kind of guy who, before Fabi, we didn't take Pup, and it wasn't until Fabi, I guess he showed me that Pup can be very valuable to a group in Wave 3 in Dynamis, and eventually he was always doing that in the group, and I was happy to have him on Pup because he was always like super attentive to the needs and he would change frames if the tank died and switch things up or do whatever or sack pull the fetters and he was he was it, pup became an integral part of our early dynamis diversion strategies for wave three and i think it still holds a great place today as a great opportunity if you had need if you're like short on time your group's not that great or you're low manning just you know kill the fetters have the puppet hold everything sack go on but fabi from that point after that at some point in our link shell made this guide the string theory guide on BG, which eventually became the string theory guide on Auction House. 
And that's where Eric's comes in. So shout out to Fabiano. He is uh, the coolest. So I agree. The the BG Wiki guide is really beautiful. Big kudos there. It is pretty. And yeah, um so yeah. So these days I'm maintaining the gear sets. I just recently updated them. So if anybody's looking to play Puppet Master, now's a good time to uh start gearing for it. If you care about um well high tier gear sets basically. I wouldn't call them best in slot because that's a loaded uh, term. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Fox, we're gonna so, love him. Um, are you sure about that? Oh, I already love you. Are you really? Are you really sure about that? Anyone who knows I'm me, I'll that later. I already knows I have an innate bias towards loving German. <laughs> I've noticed. Don't tell about the bad joke I tried to make concerned. with the diphthong. Um, I'll let I'll let you do that. Uh, I want you to embarrass yourself yourself. I'm sorry, we did that. Yeah, that's but, yeah. not hard though. Uh, it's true. Yeah, yeah. He he does have a tendency to do that. Ow. Anyway, um, well, you told me yourself that you're not funny, and I have to agree. <laughs> wow, the gauntlet is just like thrown directly onto the desk. And after my unfunny joke, he's I said I'm not funny. He says at least you have something in common with the German people, which was very funny. So thank you. Well, um, most people think that German people have no sense of humor. And they would be right, but now you're stuck with a German who has a terrible sense of humor. So, yeah, so at enjoy. least at least you get points for trying. Not only did Eric's introduce himself on uh, the podcast as the cleaner, <laughs> but he also introduced himself to Fox as "Hello, I'm the cleaner." When I had made a group chat, of course, uh, I'm consistent. If anything, uh, that's that's preferred. It's great. Yeah, that's good. That's actually refreshing. I mean, I've got some nice window cleaner here if you want something refreshing. I'm not Greek Very enough. lemony. Not Greek enough for the Windex. <laughs> uh, we'll see about that. Anyway, um, I suppose we should dive into Puppet Master before I derail this too much. That'd probably um, be best. Hey, my pup just hit 600 job points. I'm a qualified pup now. Hell yeah. And I, I enjoy the seeing you uh, work, working on it because uh, more pups is always good for the community. Especially some somebody as prominent as you. I'm just a big uh, mouth. Help improve that up. Eh. I have loudspeaker I mean, seven I built in. <laughs> I mean, I, I suppose I'm pretty big uh, loudmouth as well. Uh, <laughs> like I, I make so many posts in that in the puppet thread. So yes, but they're good posts. I try. They're Thank like you. Shit posts. So what does pup actually do? That is a very difficult question. But basically, they're just uh, like any of the all, uh, other jack of all trades jobs. They uh, can do everything um, to an extent, but it, it, they have troubles difficult uh, have difficulty f- uh, fitting into the meta because they are not specialized. So um, you've got all the different frames, which are like they mimic um, some of the base jobs, and they can do some pretty interesting stuff. But uh, usually the party or the alliance sort of has to work around that to make it work, which is a struggle for a lot of people, especially since a lot of the community doesn't even understand the job. So are you referring so to like the split on how like the master versus the, or I'm sorry, the rest of the group versus your puppet gets buffs from certain jobs or is uh, that, that what you're talking about? That too, but also the puppet in general, um, like as you know, it can tank stuff, it can heal a bit, it can nuke. And sometimes uh, it's hard to incorporate that because if you have a paladin or a wound friend, so you don't necessarily want a puppet tank on the mob 
because he could uh, contribute uh, contribute more to the party if he did something else. And you, you, of course, you have to uh, adjust your automaton to com to accommodate that. But uh, um, there are some strategies that Puppet Master can do, which sort of requires the party to um, utilize jobs or bring jobs they wouldn't normally do or um, skip bringing certain jobs they would normally bring. And that's the kind of thing you have to work around and that where you have to actually communicate with your group. And uh, it's it's a bit uh, tricky. Yes, yeah, seems like but it's, it's it's very fun. I feel you know that that was always. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I feel at seventy five, Pup had much more of an established jack of all trades kind of thing. Uh, the DD puppets were kind of cool for for seventy five. They could definitely, with the accuracy, they could pull over normal DDs. They were certainly, if your DDs were underbuffed enough, they were certainly a better DD at seventy five than some of those DDs were. Uh, but also the mage was a pretty good nuker at 75. And, and the white mage, since there were no trust, the white mage puppet was actually much more important than it is nowadays. But, I mean, it's kind of not as jack-of-all-trades as it used to be. Yeah, the trusts definitely have uh, diminished the utility of the automaton, uh, which is a bit of a shame. But um, trusts, I think, were really important for the uh, the game in its modern state. In a six-man so group, though, really fall that. in a six-man group, it kind of comes yeah. back, but that white mage frame, the AI, because the game is faster paced now than it used to be at 75, where that AI was much more acceptable. Now it's like things are happening mm -hmm. faster than the AI is kind of keeping up with now. So it's kind of, it's definitely nice, yeah. but it's not something people can rely on enough to build around. I think it's possibly why Pup's kind of on the sidelines a bit is because people can't like point to something and rely on it enough, but that's probably gonna be a niche thing we'll talk about later. But why would you want to play pop? So uh, similar to Blue uh, Blue Mage, Puppet Master is like the most interesting job to tinker with because you have so many different options to uh, adjust it with the attachments for like new job abilities, different strengths such as more damage, more tankiness, better at healing, better at nuking, and so forth, and uh, as I said, just like um, Blue Mage, you can you have a lot of stuff you can just um, test out and see if what works uh, and really bring something new to the party that you wouldn't have with the more uh, standard jobs that people are familiar with. And I think that also contributes to the problem that most people don't actually understand understand the job, what it can do, how to uh, what uh, how it actually brings value to a party. And it yeah. And that's that's what that's one of the things that I was actually gonna mention is that people will tend to gear this job and gear it for only the one role that the community tends to know it for. Um, well, two roles, I guess. Suppose overdrive um, zerging, something which I'll talk about later, of course. But um, <laughs> between that and you know holding mobs and things like that, um, like I don't see a lot of people actually like take puppet master and do anything else with it. Um, I've seen it be a fairly decent DD, um, both from the master and the pet side. Um, but never at the same time. So, I mean, I, I think solving for future-proofing uh, for the job, I think, would be uh, along the lines of trying to make sure that, uh, that that we can somehow get both of those sides to work together. Because I, I wouldn't want to play, you know, half a job at any given time. And I guess that's my reservation as a bad pup. Because I'm not a great pup talking from this point of view. I'm a Beastmaster and I'm a monk. You know, so I know both, both the sides of it, but I don't know how to play it cohesively like these guys do. I wouldn't say I know how to play yeah. it like, you know, these guys. I mean, he, Eric's here knows how to play it very well. I haven't played it in since 
I stopped <laughs> playing Pup when Abyssia was like coming out. I had pretty much almost stopped by that point. Once the cap went up to like 90, and at level 90, I was pretty much done with the job until now. So, I mean, he's he's got a big, you know, gap of time there where he's still been playing and he can he's been kept up to date with more of these updates and everything like that. So, I'm catching on, but it's like almost relearning the job. But to me, why someone want to play it? I mean, we're probably just have to go into the niche thing immediately after this because this is going to I keep bringing up things that make me think like this is a niche. We have, you know, it's not an outline, but we have the very <laughs> efficient talking points topics, which I think are the greatest things in the world for freeform. And niche is definitely on here. Niche uses for pup and stuff like that. Well, but I also want to play it for the same reason that Eric said, where, you know, you get to actually tinker with stuff. And I yes. absolutely love tinkering with stuff in game and just having a puppet that's so versatile like that. I, I just want to make work properly. It's just I don't feel like I'm currently equipped with the tools to, to figure that out. And let me tell you, CPing with it has been a blast because, I mean, I had that one where I was using the white mage puppet and... Generally, I've been just shouting for a support job. I've had random people join. I had Taru Garu the other day on Geo join uh, and just making myself skill chain with... I've been using Matsui, by the way, who is the greatest solo CP partner. I like, didn't even call him out, but I'm like, <laughs> I had no other trust to call out when I have a Geo there. I don't need Olmia. I don't need... I use King of Hearts, but I don't need a tank. I have Mombaro. I don't need you know all the other trusts anymore because I just need Haste, Dia 3, and I'm getting you know, indie haste, I'm getting geo frailty. So I don't need anything for the trust anymore. So I'm calling out, I'm like, who can I call? And I call out Matsui. And he is doing 10%, 10.5% of the parse against, I have a Kinkonkin pup, so it's like rank eight now too. So I'm not exactly like an undergeared pup. I might not have job points, but I have, outside of my pocket gear, I have the gear for the most part, that's at least to a satisfactory level. And he is magic bursting on Ninja uh, for like 7.5k. It's it's actually kind of ridiculous, and I'm weapon skilling. I have to work with the puppet's AI and work with Matsui's AI at the same time. So outside of tinkering with the best attachment setup and everything, it is these levels of working with different AIs. It is super actually fun to try and make all these things work within a duo, within all the bots there in the Doe Gates camp. There, um, it's it's actually really <laughs> really great. But why I want to play pup is actually the low man potential of pup. I think is extremely un unexplored for groups. Because I'm sure you're going to tell us, Eric's here, about uh, let's say you do key and you can use the Black Mage puppet or you could use another puppet and make skill chains with yourself. So, I mean, do we just want to do the niches now? Because yeah. Pup's niches are so super fun to me. Yeah, I just wanted to add, um, I actually quit the game around the Abyssy area as well and only came back like uh, 2017 or something, like uh, around like in the middle of the Esher area. So I kind of missed that period of Final Fantasy as well, unfortunately. That's still four years. But yeah, I've spent most of my yeah, yeah I, I suppose so. But to summarize, Puppet Ma you want to play Puppet Master because it is the most like one of the most rewarding and most fun jobs in the game if you really put the time and effort into it, and uh, you get out of it as much as you put in. Basically, definitely high investment, not Sometimes only in more. gear but knowledge. If you look at the automaton page on BG, just type automaton in. It is a big page compared to other things. It's like learning two jobs at once and playing two jobs. At once. Yeah, pretty much. And actually, yeah. if you if you if you really look into the different frames, it's playing like five or different jobs sometimes. So it 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 does get a lot a bit overwhelming, especially for newer players. So um, I try to I I try my best answering questions in the puppet thread. Uh, but uh, yeah, most people unfortunately don't ask questions when they should be. 
uh, especially in endgame parties. So it's it, it can get rough sometimes. I think they approach but, uh, it yeah, like other jobs. Like they approach it like they're playing Monk. Okay, yeah. what weapon skill should I use in what scenario? What gear is good? And then uh, what are things everyone's doing with their job? And that's about it. They don't, like, there's a lot of different nitty-gritty to get into Pup. Definitely. You can't you can't just approach it like any other DD job because you won't really be uh, satisfied with the results. Yeah, I, it, it, I feel that, a... yeah, I feel that that's what I did incorrectly. I, I'll, I'll affirm that. And I mean, Puppet Master can do some really good damage, like roughly, I would say like um, Savage Blade Corsair levels, something like that. And um, if you haven't tried it, I would absolutely recommend making five-step still skill chains with your automaton. It is so satisfying. And the automaton gets great skill chain bonus too. And in a low man setup, oh, we'll go yeah. into the attachments. The attuner is awesome because it basically works like frailty and it ignores the mob's defense for the puppet on top of getting a skill chain bonus on top of all this other. So that's it's a really cool thing to do solo low man. But uh, I was saying that and lost what I was going to say. What was I going to say? Ah, uh, damn it. So that happens when I run with the point It'll and I try to go to back. Me. Nah, it's not going to come back. Good job, man. Uh, it was something about... Nah, never mind. Let's, let's go on. All right. Um, do you want to talk about weapons? Uh, you said you had a... Unless you want to move... I recently mean, made a Kankonken. Yes, I did. I did. It's the second Mythic I ever made. And it was something that... for I never planned on playing Pup anytime soon. I just... When I was level 75, many moons ago, when my beard was <laughs> not gray... Um, I like I saw Uzukane, I saw King Konkin, and the first Mog Bonanza became a thing. And I was dreaming. I'm like, if I ever won the Mog Bonanza, I would get Uzukan gear, and my pup would be awesome because <laughs> it was like my only. It was my wow. true love. <laughs> if we have to. Oh God, we didn't mention my for talking about true loves. We talked about the favorites, and I had to say like I was wishy washy there with Fox, and 1734 was the timestamp. Carrot screenshot of the other night and sent there and said, "I don't forgive you." And I said, "You know, pup, my first true love. Sometimes you can't forget your ex." Not directly speaking about me personally, just the concept of not forgetting an ex. It's not me. It's just the idea. And I got, "I don't forgive you." So pup was my <laughs> first true love, and my ex. I'm trying to get back with. Um. But yeah, I mean, it was always something like, oh, King Konkin's the coolest thing. I've never seen someone with one. And I just, one day, I'm like, I'm not using anything with Ambuscade. I'll make it. And it turns out that playing King Konkin Pup, even just for CP, is awesome because watching the pup get multi-attack, like, changes the whole job, you know, and how you skill chain with it. It's, it's super, it's super cool because any one thing changes. I remember what I was going to say now. <laughs> changes the dynamic. And you were talking about uh, gearing the pup, the Eric, you said the pup and the master can do a good job together. And I was going to say, before I talk about speed loaders having skill chain damage, etc., that Pup doesn't have a spreadsheet for the automaton. So you, we basically, you and I both, uh, mine's different from yours, I just kind of just threw it together. I'm sure yours is probably better. Uh, we had the Monk spreadsheet that's been retrofitted, kind of like, you know, apocalyptic style, you know, what can we do to make this work uh, so we can see some Pup DPS here. Where You know, you have that for what the Master DPS can be. But I've seen a lot of your posts, and it's, you know, you try different attachment setups. There's no spreadsheet for the automaton or proper maneuver, you know, for the highest DPS, whatever. It is the last job you can experiment with. And if you're a very studious pup or whatever, you can, you know, the the gap of what you can do, since no one can really clearly tell you in a spreadsheet or anything like that, or a simulator, how the puppet will best perform in a certain way, 
it is the most rewarding in the fact that if you put the effort in, you can learn something that no one else really knows and can just copy paste. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's like the most fun job to test stuff with because the Atomanelon is still such a big unknown for almost everyone, really. Maybe not the Japanese players because they got some insider info, perhaps. <laughs> but uh, there's still so much to test with, and you can't really make a spreadsheet for it because of these unknowns, especially with uh, any uh, future attachments that Square Enix might add. They had to do two and jobs at once. It was a whole new process. Yeah. So Kinkonkin is established as the best weapon for the job because of you know the automaton and the master gaining something there right in terms of it works well with malignants even though now the pocket's kind of a thing so maybe that gives a little less of an edge to it but i mean do you want to talk about the other weapons like god hands or Vertranga or whatever um yeah i just wanted to talk a little bit more about ken kong kind of uh that's fine yeah yep for sure um so as you said uh, the the aftermath is absolutely amazing for the puppet and um it's also really solid as a DD weapon because the uh, stringing power becomes really powerful and consistent at R15. Uh, but that's not the only reason to make the weapon. I think um, the suppressor's um, overload is actually really underrated on that weapon because if you don't have a Kankonkan and you make a, pet burn, a specific pet burn setups with the flame holder, yeah, um, you really need, need that suppressor's overload. Because you will overload fast, like even with uh, proper cooldown use, it's you really have to ride that. Um, it's, I, even with Kankakan, I'm overloading constantly in this month's ambuscade, doing the Iron Giants. But huh. it's it's fun. Like you get really really nice numbers with it. I was sitting there so thinking, I wouldn't expect that it, that with Kankakan, you have to make like a buffoon's collar or anything else like that to make an overload reduction set, but. I I mean, because for anyone that doesn't know Flame Holder, because we have to assume people don't know Flame Holder, it directly adds it adds burden every time to a fire. It used to actually what consume fire maneuvers or you yeah. Back, yeah, it used to consume fire maneuvers. They changed that to only add burden without removing the maneuver now. Because most, I mean, maybe the eraser is one of the last attachments, but other things on pup used to consume the maneuver to like do the effect, and then you had to put it back on. But now it just adds burden to overload. And in exchange for enhanced weapon skill damage, I don't know if it's like a special thing, whether it's like weapon skill damage or if it's just like a special property or. It increases the FTP of the weapon skill. There you go. That's what it is. Okay. And well, um, as a uh, as a as a novice pup looking in, the first thing that I think of is like trying to incorporate a heat sink into those kind of situations. Don't get the slots. Like, does, does heat heat sink? You just don't have the slots for heat sink. Is that the issue? Or is yeah, that that is usually the main issue. If you're if you're going for max damage, you don't really have the room for it. Uh, also, wow. the eraser was adjusted to not consume maneuvers last time I tested it. It still says it does, but it doesn't. Okay, I was reading the text back when I was looking at my um, attachments recently. Yeah, it, it, they didn't adjust any of the descriptions. I think even the uh, flame holder still says that. Uh, the, the barrage uh, turbine, I think, does uh, as well. That yeah, that doesn't use any maneuvers anymore. Uh, that doesn't use them up anymore. The flame holder they just says completely. Burden. So, thanks, thanks, oh, Square Enix. Okay, yeah, <laughs> they, they, they aren't really thorough with that, but it's fine as long as it works properly. That's a good post for the localization thread. Sorry to cut you off. That's a good post for that thread on Auction House. The localization thread, the devs actually, or the community reps, I don't know if the devs do, but the community reps actually read it and convey it over to the dev team, and it actually does make uh, improvements in the game. So posting there would be important. I can't, so wink, wink, Eric. I'll take a look. (laughs) But yeah, it's good something like that exists because the 
Akaray on Ashera Harness really bothered me for years. <laughs> Akaray. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's obviously that some stuff will slip through the cracks in such a big game, but it's, I don't know, uh, it would be nice if they if they uh, hired some people to look it over more thoroughly. And okay. uh, anyway, um, I was going to say one final note on King Konkin, and I think Fox would appreciate this too, but I don't know if this is the optimal thing here, Eric's, but I noticed when I have the aftermath up, you know, it's multi-attack already, I notice I can take off, like, one of the coilers and not wear two coilers, and you know, having a weapon that allows you to move things around in different ways and min-max is something I think Fox and I really appreciate about it. So King Konkin's kind of cool for the fact that you can change your attachments slightly, maybe. It's like more inhibitors, more yeah. less coiler. I actually drop all of my coilers when I use Aftermath because um, typically with um, the, the DLT automaton, you don't even use Thunder maneuvers, so the coilers have relatively small um, small bonuses. And you can really stack up a lot of damage if you use more fire attachments. And um, attachment space is at a premium, so you kind of want the biggest bang for your buck in each slot. And I guess okay, I mean, this is a this is actually a good example of um, what I feel is a shortcoming in in some guys. Not saying that you know strength three has the shortcoming or anything, but just the approach that you're taking there, where because you know you're going to be using aftermath, you decide not. To use the coilers, and that makes sense. You know, if aftermath is going to provide that multi-attack for pet for you, then why do you have this attachment there? Uh, but is that uh, the, the sort of thing that I think is missing though? Is is that the kind of decision you have to make before approaching content, or is that a decision you make on the fly, um, having to deactivate and change that stuff? You probably using auto control. Um, I don't know if you do or not, but that's how I would probably approach it. Um, so do you have to like deactivate that on the fly once aftermath goes up, or do you just go in no, you just knowing that hey, this is a fight where I'm going to maintain it? I approach almost every fight with uh, preparing for it, okay. um, considering my uh, loadout, and usually sticking with it. Um, tech, uh, I mean, I, I do use auto control uh, because it's really invaluable, but I don't use it in a way that gives me an advantage over vanilla players. Players, yeah, yeah. Uh, because I, I try to give recommendations for people that um, in such a way that they can use them effectively without uh, needing Gwindo or anything, any of that stuff. And uh, auto control is a huge advantage compared to vanilla because you can just switch all of your setups so quickly. Uh, it's uh, it's really a game changer. And um, I, I kind of feel bad if, uh, for vanilla players who don't uh, can't use that or don't want to use that. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's so basically uh, I prepare, I always can consider what would make the most sense in this scenario, how I can deal with certain uh, situations. Like if I uh, need a tank maton, do I actually, am I super tanking with it? Do it? Does it even need to generate enmity or am I just holding stuff with it? Um, or if the, uh, the healer automaton doesn't need to deal with debuffs or is it just cure bombing? Stuff like that. Okay, so a quick pause here since many, many things here were mentioned. So Coiler is, there's two of them for pop. It gives you a double attack rate. It's actually rather substantial, especially with both. So it's, it's a double attack attachment. Inhibitor is a store TP attachment for fire maneuvers. It also makes the puppet hold TP to skill chain with you. And auto control allows you to save automaton sets. Kind of, it's, it's actually built, as far as I noticed immediately, I didn't check, but it's built off of Azure sets because it still uses the same commands like set list or whatever, which don't make sense purely in a pup context. So I assume someone took Azure sets and allows you to save uh, sets for your puppet automaton setup attachments and frame attachments. You just type it in and it'll immediately activate your puppet after it's done equipping it's actually very quick but you can save different 
frame setups and auto control in Windower and immediately deploy your pup, which is what Fabi would do. He saved the tank puppet. So let's say you're doing wave three Winders and your rune suddenly dies and your rune's me and Fabi immediately deactivates, <laughs> types in auto control and it brings a tank puppet out immediately to try and like stabilize situation. Auto control lets him do it in like 10 seconds or maybe even five seconds. It just like, there's the puppet, there's the right frame set up and he sends it right at the mob. Maybe, maybe, maybe seven, but still it's very quick. And it's just that it's, you know, those are the things being mentioned. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's what I meant too. I, I didn't mean to like call you out for auto control or anything. I just I wanted to see exactly the depth that you go to. Well, yeah, I, I would as well. Uh, I just wanted to see the exact depth that's gone to in order to optimize it. I, I think that's what's missing from a lot of the discussions surrounding this job. Yeah, I mean, uh, the job would be greatly improved if uh, Square Enix added um, the ability to save attachment setups and frame setups uh, in the game and or just call in immediately with a quick macro or something. Same thing for blue, obviously. Um, I don't think they're ever going to do that. But as it stands right now, uh, Winter users have a massive advantage over vanilla pups, unfortunately. But yeah. No. Um, God hands. Should we move on to the next, to the next one? Yeah, God hands. Um, so while Kankonkan uh, is definitely a very powerful DD weapon, God hands is right up there. Uh, it's definitely the best weapon for Howling Fist. And you can pull some really impressive numbers for a puppet master, especially if you compare yourself to stuff like Savage Blade Corsairs. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I think um, if you add in the automaton damage to that, like if you're pulling 30, 50k weapon skills in addition to what the automaton does, um, it's actually quite impressive. Of course, you need the gear for it, but uh, what job doesn't? So Yeah, and th that's not unreasonable either like when i said that i'm a bad pup it's because i tried to approach it like a monk and those are the kinds of numbers that i was getting from the master using god hands so when you say you can add the puppet to it get an even better result afterwards like that's that's the part that i'm really interested in like definitely uh definitely playing the job properly is is what's going to yield the best rewards for someone who's trying to approach this and the nice part is sorry go ahead i was gonna say i feel the whole episode is going to be a testimony to you know why would you want to play pup and the whole episode will attest to that because I think anyone who invests in the job to get like a baseline of gear, you know, like it's not hard to get even, you don't have to have a pocket or anything like that. Like uh, the plus two ambuscade legs are a, the great before Mapaka, they were like the best uh, shrink pummel piece or anything like that. It's not hard to really gear the job up. You don't even need God hands. You don't need a special weapon. But then when you go and CP solo on pup, something like using string pummel with inhibitors, the automaton will use um, armor shatter afterwards, which is a defense down. So if you're in a low man or solo, I mean, it's actually very fun to do that because you can give yourself defense down and it changes your skill chain setup. And then you would use victory smite, victory smite to double light. But if you're in another setting using God hand or something, uh, you would use howling fist because it's so powerful with that. And then your automaton would use a superior, let's say higher ceiling weapon skill. The Acura ballista doesn't use, you know, doesn't give defense down, but has a higher DPS potential and is more TP bonus dependent too. And then you could use Howling Fist again. So you have two or like, it's stronger than Victory Smite to use Howling Fist, especially with God Hands. So the way your pup can, like even just playing alone with CP is so fun to just, you know, the shift you can make there, depending on, you don't have to have Kinkonkin, even having God Hands, which is super easy to get, you know, changes how you even play the job itself for getting capacity points. And it's like super, I, I, I'm a fanboy for that kind of stuff. So I'm I'm gleefully interrupting you. I'm sorry. Oh, and it's funny too, because for like an hour last night, I argued with Eric's about about the his Amaru pants 
and whether or not they're good for streaky pummel, you know? And, you know, he's right, obviously. But it just was, it was just strange to me that, that this piece it was, was as good as it is. I brought that up to you before. Options. Exactly. But I'm glad that that's the case because that's a really obtainable piece for a lot of people coming in. And if they can have something that, you know, the next step up, I think, might be in pocket. I'm not going to overstep my balance. It, on is, that. it is the next but step like, up. I figured, yeah. but just Easily. the fact that it's, it's accessible like that is is awesome for people trying to get into this job that, that we've already kind of alluded to the fact that it's kind of geared. And subbing Dancer is cool too, because you're not going to use Berserk solo in that, and you'd have skill chain bonus, and you could use a box step before you weapon skill, and it's just really fun to do. But anyway, your turn, Eric, sorry. No worries. Um, so regarding the his model, I was actually just as surprised as you were, uh, because it like the, the stats on it, they they don't immediately look like they would be useful for a crit weapon skill. So I t- totally understand where you were going, yeah, uh, yeah. coming from. But uh, the high vitality was like it's like fifteen or seventeen points higher vitality than any other like slot, and it's only eight points below the raw for with regard to strength. And um, the main uh, like raw still does the most damage. Does have no accuracy though. If you are capped. On accuracy, exactly. That, that's the whole reason I have recommended it. Uh, the Hisamaro has a big chunk of accuracy that uh, wasn't present in the leg slot at all with the Rao. And um, at the time, the best, like the best uh, weapon skill gear for uh, string pummel, um, had accuracy levels that were approaching torque lever levels, <laughs> which was bad for a multi-hit weapon yeah. skill. And and something um, to look yeah. out for in this game too especially for all jobs not just pup se puts either no or very limited dexterity on legs so accuracy on legs is a bigger per slot item than on any other piece because they purposely put like no decks on a lot of items for pants for like all jobs in this game so accuracy matters a lot more for legs you can just take the decks for granted yep yeah pretty much uh, okay so back to god hands um People might think you absolutely need Kankonkin to do well with the uh, puppet with regards to damage uh, to dealing damage, but since the last uh, update to Puppet Master, we actually have some other options that make uh, really uh, that make it really viable even without the aftermath. Um, I'll get into those later, but uh, yeah, even even master only weapons like God Hands or Verith Ragna or Krambit and stuff like that really viable for pup. So don't be afraid to um, make those your goal. I actually like really thing. liked the uh, TP return on Karambit on the Puppet Master. Um, oh, yeah, especially with it. I went back and forth between those and God Hands, yeah. And, and like, if, if for, like, Master self-skill chains where I didn't have my Puppet involved, like, let's say I had it on, like, a Mage Frame for whatever reason, um, I actually tended to favor the Karambit because it, uh, it just allowed me to skill chain better. Um, God Hands are kind of a slow, deliberate weapon, whereas Karambit lets you kind of chain things together easier, at least in my experience. Yeah, the God. I, I'm personally not a huge fan of God hands on Puppet Master, not because they're bad, but because they force you to use uh, the mash earrings for the martial yes. arts, and uh, if, like the the slow attack, uh, the slow attack rounds, they just don't feel as good as the a speedy TP gain with Ken Konkin. I yeah, cool. Like, I'm not alone in that fact. Then okay. I feel like in a buffed up because see. As with all mythic weapons, the crux is still, if you're in an event where you're not properly maintaining Aftermath 3 on Pup, then yes, then King Konkin's not going to be the best. So I feel like in a fully buffed content where maybe maybe there's a skill chain issue or something, or maybe just, you know, Howling Fist could really shine there and your slow deliberate attacks when you're really buffed up. I mean, the if you're if you're in a low man setting there, it's going to play more into like God Hands being slow, but in 
in like group content or something like that. Or I mean, there's probably a, a bunch of scenarios that someone could think of where being slow and deliberate or powerful isn't necessarily bad. Yeah, true, I was about, true. Yeah, I was asked about that recently for um, Dynamis farming. There's a lot of stop and go in there, and you always have to redeploy the automaton. So uh, you actually waste a lot of aftermath time. So Kankankan isn't necessarily the ideal weapon in that situation. So since you also can one-shot a lot of the trash mobs with uh, yeah. Howling Fist, uh, the God Hands are really good for that. I wouldn't want to use it there unless it's like for an NM or something like Wave 3, you know, something yeah. important. Even then you might just be in a, depending on your group. I mean, there's too many variables. I can't see you being a pet setup, but whatever. Yeah. But uh, um, one more thing about the Kankankan, the aftermath, um, despite Kankankan's issues with the martial arts, it actually generates TP so fast, it's kind of incredible. Like, I uh, like I, I actually also play Red Mage, um, and oh boy. like Temper 2 is pretty powerful, yeah, but the is. TP gain with Red Mage doesn't come anywhere close to Kankankan's. Which is kind of impressive to me, at least. And when you're low man too, it's awesome to be able to get that fourth step off sometimes if you don't have cap taste or something because you have multi attack procs and you don't get that with guns oh, yeah, like, or other weapons even in general. Yeah, you don't even need that much haste with Kankankan, which is really nice. And yeah, so you don't really have to adjust your gear sets or anything if, uh, like, uh, oh, yeah. I don't know, uh, March drops. Oh, yeah. But that's a whole uh, different discussion, I suppose. So what about the other weapons, like Verthragna, Zoaquadl, or, I mean, even Karambit, I guess. Yeah, Zoaquadl is what I'm really interested in. Yeah, that's honestly. interesting, too, because it's going to bring up, I guess, weapon skill damage being different for the puppet versus typical player. Yeah, so uh, I call it Shiokodal, but... Uh, that's yeah. probably right. Let's go with, with whatever. I don't know if it's I correct. I don't even have the word in front of me. I was wrong. But yeah, uh, Path C is a must-have if you want to pet burn. There's just no way around it. You can use the, the um, HQ on the Pitcher Fists if you can't afford the, the no accuracy. full one. What do you mean? The uh, As a caveat here, so like, like Crochia Moore's downgrade there is very viable because it has like in Dynamis accuracy, Magic Accuracy 10. With the Puppet, when you go to the, the step down, you lose, you go instead of going 50 accuracy to 40, you go to in Dynamis 40 accuracy. It takes away all the extra accuracy. Oh, yeah. That that is definitely true, but gen generally automatons don't have huge amounts of accuracy issues, and it's fairly easily fixed with, um, especially under overdrive with a uh, target marker. So um, I, th I think you can it can you can live without it, but it's it's not ideal, obviously. I was wondering. So I, would, that. I, I would hardly recommend everybody. I was I would hardly hardly recommend everybody get a shield I, I was looking at um, the new Mapakafis and they have Automaton stat plus 20. I was thinking maybe you can just buy that really quick as a stand-in. But then again, if the accuracy... I was, yeah, under overdrive, accuracy wouldn't be a problem. There's no substitute stats, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the new Mapakafis, they're pretty good. I would uh, put them almost on the same level as Karambit uh, for DDing. Um, but they they don't have the, 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 the damage bonus to Automaton special attacks, so... Just the accuracy is not enough to really make a huge noticeable difference. Um, but yeah, uh, talking about uh, different paths, um, the path B augment on the shield curl, really good, highly recommended um, for subtle blow builds uh, and for general um, TP, uh, TPing speed. Follow up attack is rather nice. Um, obviously, uh, it's rather expensive and only has niche applications, but 
if you want to do subtle blow stuff like uh what with your automaton tanking for example it's almost a must-have if you ask me i really like all the subtle blow things that just keep coming up on you know any job that we, we've tended to cover like subtle blow is is honestly in my opinion the, the future and low man yeah. like it's it's incredibly powerful when you can when you can uh, use it properly pup gets great subtle blow gear the, yeah and the last update gives it cap subtle blow too as well it's very it's great for pup yeah the the new paka legs they have subtle blow too actually which allows a puppet master to cap um subtle blow completely even without the shield curl b uh which is really nice if you want to prefer to use um let's say kankankan for example or any other weapon but uh yeah. wow but but Shiokotl B makes makes the easiest setup for sure. But it's not necessary anymore, thankfully. I like having options. Anyway, um, about the Verith Ragna, uh, as you mentioned earlier, um, light skill chips, uh, skill uh, skill chains with uh, with Victory Smite, those are really powerful when CPing, for example. If you make like a five step, and you close that final Victory Smite, uh, some really impressive damage there. You can basically kill an apex monster in one five step very easily don't really even need any magic bursts on top of that and obviously Verith Ragna is the best victory smite button hands down not much else to say about that I suppose yeah um I don't I don't think it, it could be as impressive on puppet as our puppet master as it is on oh, sure. though sure just impetus alone kind of drives that weapon and that's kind of like what it's built for um when it comes to like like Puppet Master, yeah, obviously you can use it, but I honestly think you're better off just just trying to put those resources into a Kankonkin and you know doing what what Pup does best. It's not the worst thing to yeah. own. I think if I was CPing, I'd rather use Verthrogna for low manning. Like I'm just soloing or dueling. I mean, if I have a Geo, that's different. But if I'm just solo, the fact that I can get defense down from Armor Shatter or at the Stream Pummel and then close uh, Victory Smite, Victory Smite for light double light, that's gonna be better i mean it depends if you need the extra damage against an apex but if you're a solo you're gonna that's gonna make the difference between killing the mob and not killing the mob and having to do another round of skill chains so i think it definitely has a place but i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't go out of the way to make one yeah if you have it from playing monk you can use it for puppet master to a great effect but uh you, you're not gonna pull any kind of numbers like a uh, monk would you just don't have the crit damage for that but it's still nice to close skill chains I find it funny that uh, the pup mythic is so much better for pup than the monk mythic is better for monk because like the monk mythic is just completely laughable um, by comparison, whereas the pump the, the pup one does such strong things for the job. So yeah, I'm hope I'm hoping they revise some relics and mythics in the future. I think relics are on the agenda, but do we cover all the weapons or I mean Zalatl? We guess we um, have. Well, we could it? talk about the Karambit, I suppose. Oh yeah, but we kind of already touched upon it. Uh, uh, it's really good with Hayoka and Impaka gear. Uh, really fast TP speed. Does some solid damage numbers. Um, relatively close to Varith Ragna, all things considered. Um, not not white damage wise, obviously, but uh, it has it has some a, a decent amount of bonuses and uh, TP speed makes up for it. And you don't have to worry about um, martial arts like with God Hands. I think learning but, martial uh, arts on pop on top of you know if you don't play monk. Since I don't play monk, uh, if you, you know, learning martial arts is another thing on top of the job to have to learn, and it's you know there's a lot mm -hmm. to learn. I, I, people talk about that blue mage having a steep learning curve. I think pup has the biggest learning curve in the game, which is both challenging and rewarding. Yeah, I think the main issue is that uh, 
you have to actually put in a lot of work before you can use the job functionally with Bluemage. You kind of set the traits in a guide and you can DD decently already. And you don't have to worry about the, the, the uh, specifics too much until you get uh, like to harder content. But with Puppet Master, if you if you misconfigure your automaton or use uh, slightly subpar gear, you won't see good results at all. That's what I feel like what, what happens often. And I think maybe so. new players get discouraged by that, but it's okay to suck. I mean, I say I suck all the time. It's no <laughs> problem to suck. And as long as you're enjoying what you're doing, and no matter if anyone wants you for that job, that passion project, kind of like your art or whatever, your, your webcomic, I mean, doing that is the reward in itself. And when you stick with Pup, because coming back to it, I've, there's been many times over the years I wanted to come back to it. Coming back to it, I am so happy to play Pup again because I, there's a lot of things I'm trying to... There's, every time I look at something, I'm like, does speed loader make it skill chain multi-step like inhibitor does? Will it not hold TP? You know, There's all these different things I run into. Does a tuner, was it fixed to work with high tier battlefields because it's an even match mob technically? And yes, they fixed it in 2015. I had to Google it and look. But I mean, just it's okay to play the job for fun and learn it as you go. It's a job I think you can't just take a nutshell or a fortune cookie amount of information and be like okay i know how to you know it's not warrior it's not monk i mean there's so much and it's it just like it like kind of just keep rewarding you as you go with the job definitely um so one more what i want to talk about is the otas from oboro um highly unrated weapon it's excellent for uh automaton tp gain it has some slight regain on it and a really huge accuracy bonus, and also automaton uh, haste, which lets you uh, adjust your gear set a little bit to um, add some more double tech, for example, which is rather nice. And then you can just swap into automaton uh, weapon skill gear once you approach the 1k. Which I think is another yeah. big problem because gear swaps can't really handle that. So players have to kind of, I mean, maybe some have an automatic toggle. I had never finished mine. So, I mean, that's another thing people to yeah. contend with. There are some workarounds and specific Luas that community is working on, but I just do it manually. I don't. I don't really like uh, my, my gear swap forcing me to stick in uh, to stick with a certain set uh, for upwards of ten seconds, for example, just waiting until my automaton finally weapon skills and then chaining back. Yeah, that's so, a major loss. That's a huge loss. In yeah, whatever you're doing. Because sometimes it'll hold TP. Because if an inhibitor's on and you're not ready, it's going to hold that TP if you're close. So you're like maybe 800 plus, I think, or something. There's a cutoff, right? I don't know what it is. I've noticed around 800 plus will stop. 700 yeah, will think, still go. Yeah, it's like 800, 900, something that range. So yeah, if it's holding at that point, because you could build it around automaton TP. I would just build a toggle if I know it's going to be a thing. But still, even that's not the greatest. But part of what made me fall in love with Pup as, as my first 75 is when I played Monk in the Dunes to level the sub job or whatever, it was kind of boring. I'd use boost, warrior, boring. Pup, it's so exciting because there's too much to do. It's like Dancer sometimes makes me feel overwhelmed and all of the timers and everything go off at once. Pup doesn't have all those timers, but it has the amount of things you need to pay attention to without watching time tick that makes it really fun. Exactly. It's relatively enjoyable to play, but still has a lot of depth. Yes. I think that's, that's what makes it so fun. But yeah, to summarize, uh, weapons-wise, try to... Uh, if you're really passionate about Puppet Master, go for Kinkonkin, go for Shirokodal, get an Otas, and uh, maybe consider getting a Karambit if you need a starter weapon for a big D. You know, yes, all CP. 
I, I think I've been convinced. Like after after I finish this Burt Gang, I think I'm going to do uh, King Kong next. And it's yeah, I, I mean, and pups a job I never play because I'm like, oh, I'm the strongest, this or that, this or that. It's just playing it is just the reward in itself, I guess. Yeah, it seems we. Um. Oh yeah. Uh. Something that uh, deserves an honorable mention is the Midnight's. Um. The I think Path C or Path D or something. Um. Really good substitute for King Kong until you get that. Uh, helps with overload, uh, uh, gives maneuver bonuses and some DT uh, accuracy and attack. R- really good weapon all around. Decent for tanking as well. Okay, so just to close weapons out here because we're going to move on. If you don't have King Konkin, outside of Otis being what the big greatest non overdrive weapon for Pup still because of the regain and accuracy and pet haste, is that right? Pretty much. So what weapon yeah. would you pick? Would it be Karambit because it's so instant and easy? Would it be God Hands? Is be- I mean, what would you pick if you didn't have Kinkonkin and had Otis because everyone can get Otis, which is kind of cool for a new player to have a, such a good pet weapon to kind of maybe circumvent some issues in the game for them early on. But what would you pick then? If I couldn't have Kinkonkin, you mean? Yes, what would you pick if you couldn't have uh, KKK? Uh, definitely Karambit. It's, it's just all around a really good weapon and uh, pretty easier to obtain. Just for like for general DD purposes. So I mean, for all the all the pup takes a lot of investment, which it does. The attachment take a lot of investment, and Gill and I mean, it's a lot of stuff to get. So for all the pup takes a lot of investment, a lot of things pup has are really low barrier to entry. They're like Karambit, the plus two Hisamaru legs or whatever. And I mean, getting SU three might be the biggest uh, issue after that for some of the Hayoka gear. But I don't even have it yet because I just hit SU three and I didn't, I didn't pick up the plus one. I want to pick it up, but I mean, it's not. I feel like I'm perfectly able to get into the job despite investment. Yeah, for, as far as the Hayoka gear goes, um, if you enjoy playing DD Pup, you want to pick up the headpiece and legs just for master bonuses in general. But as far as enmity swaps go, you're pretty much fine just picking up the cheaper NQ because with double fire and strobes and opt- uh, optic fibers, you can cap enmity on the automaton relatively easy. Oh, that's good to know. I never actually considered that. I just looked at it and I go, it's more, I need it. Yeah, um, someone in the community recently tested whether automatons cap at 200, plus 200 enmity, and the answer is yes. That's good, so I didn't know that. With the NQ. That is really good to know. I, I, know that I was wondering that too. I'm like, is there a cap there subject to that's different? So that's, I'll have, to, I'll have to go poke Fabi or something and make sure that's actually listed with strobe. Or maybe I'll put it on, I'll put it on the BG page for strobe, but I don't have to bother Fabi. Yeah, it was new information for me as well. But it's something really good to know. So do you want to go into frames here? Oh, yeah. Time Ooh. for the meat. <laughs> yeah, for real. Okay. Um, let's start with the basic frame, the Harlequin. Ugh. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, it, it has never been popular. Uh, it had some niche uses uh, in the past. It has uh, niche use nowadays. But for I, t- I, t- I tested it in this month's ambuscade for pure damage with knockout and mighty strikes, and I was very unimpressed, unfortunately, because knockout looks like it would have a lot of potential with TP bonus, but uh, it underperforms, unless you're like super buffed, I suppose, but can't really make it work most of the time. But what it does do very well is be a skill chain partner to a different to another puppet if you combine. Um, if you have a Valorage head Harlequin body and set it up to um, TP quickly with um, capped haste, good accuracy, inhibitors, not speed loaders, just inhibitors, and paired with a um, typical tank frame, a bruiser that's set up to 
um, that's set up with inhibitors as well and bo give them uh, both a companion's role. You have a setup that will tank for you, very, or will hold them up, as you like to put it. Yes, pup does not tank. Let's go. I'm, we're going to explain. For, I'm going to do like a quick, try and rapid disclaimer of explanation on pup frames in one second, just to make it really speedy, so we have more time to talk about instead of getting caught up in explaining. But yes, as we've said before in the podcast, pup does not tank. It just holds the mob. And I think we all agreed on that before we even came on. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, a good substitute tank for pet burns. But in the classical meta uh, sense, it's not yet quite there because it can't deal with ads, it can't protect the party. And it's just some stuff that tanks have to do these days. It's unfortunate. Uh, it would be nice if Square Enix addressed that someday, but at the moment, um, it's, not, it's not quite there yet. It can, it can do great stuff, but uh, semantics. Anyway, um, so I was saying, if you pair these two with companions roles, they gain TP fast enough to reliably make constant light skill chains. Um, Bone Crusher to Magic Mortar and both directions make constant lights. And especially on uh, bosses like K, you can uh, make them hold K while Black Mages, Summoners, and other Puppet Masters just magic burst off of that light. Very enjoyable, very fun to watch. And even if they one of them dies or both of them die, you can replace them easily. Yeah, that's actually um, low consequence, high fun, and very low man friendly to do without too much investment at all. Yeah, they also won't get JA locked. So if you go to retrieve them or, or just pull them off, yeah. I guess is the best way of saying it. They'll just come right off instead of like you potentially like being midcast with a spell or something. Because I run into this problem all the time with Dragoon, where I have to plan it just right, or I will absolutely die because I don't use you know J zero or anything. So I have to actually run away and not get locked into my animations so i don't think pup has to deal with that okay so i want to give a shout out to fabi here again because i pulled up the strength here because i remember this being a thing in his guide he has the newbie setup here for pup frames and i'll explain pups frames in like 15 seconds if i can but he says newbie setup which is the harlequin frame which is the one you start the job with your very first automaton isn't he cute Eager and excited to take on the world, use him until level 10 where you can upgrade to a new frame and never look back at this combination. <laughs> and so Harlequin's your first one. It's kind of like a pseudo red mage, pseudo warrior, pseudo whatever the hell it is. It's got low MP, it's got decent HP, and it uses hand-to-hand, -hand, which is cool because it does give a bonus against undead or pots or skeletons, you know, stuff like that. Um, but then you have the sharp shot, which is like a ranger. You have the Harle the Valor Edge, which is kind of like a warrior paladin. It does use Invincible, so it's, I guess it's a Paladin. You have Stormwaker, which is a Red Mage, and then you change the heads. Uh, Soul Soother for White Mage and Spirit Spirit Reaver. Yes, I remember, for Black Mage. And then you go, now you can talk about Frame 7. Yeah, I probably should have gone into that before starting. Because I assume people don't know. Yeah, sorry. I should probably assume that from now on. Okay, so um, back to Harlequin. And I really appreciate uh, Fabi's description for that because it's very endearing. Um <laughs> So yeah, if you if you pair that uh, with other frame setups or the Valor Edge with different ones like the Sharp Shot, you can make pretty much every um, skill chain element you want for, could want for bursting while having pretty safe setup overall. Especially nice for low manning. So yeah, highly would, would highly recommend trying that out someday if you have a group that's open to that. Fox. I'd have to have a group that's open to it is the problem. They said two I'm pups. That's all it. we need. Two pups. Two pups and a pug. There we go. So anyone can two nuke. Okay, the third oh. pup. The third pup could nuke. Yeah, I am. I'm down. Sure. Three pups and a Corsair, and you've got a solid team. Wow. 
So next attachment set or frame setup. Yeah. Um, so the full value edge, that's the typical warrior setup. It uh, does slashing damage. It is very tanky by default. And um, it's typically used if you're just DDing and you need it. If you need like a more well, a bruiser-like damage dealer at your side, or if, if you if you need uh, if you're pet burning and you need like slashing damage, for example, that's really really good at that. Or even a blunt damage, like its main weapon skill, Bone Crusher, does blunt damage. Not everybody knows that, and uh, yeah, it's rather uh, useful, but relatively straightforward. Isn't Bone Crusher also an undead bonus in general, or is it just blunt damage? Because I know, I think it's a, let me pull it up. Yeah, it looks like it gains a 1.0 FTP mod against undead. Yep, there you go. That's a a bonus against undead. Because I've seen that person, we've talked about them a few times, that they have that pup channel. Have you seen them where they, with their dual box, whatever, duoed all of the, uh, like they duoed Shaw with pup and Geo, they duoed uh, Vinapada with Bard and pup. And against that, they just did Overdrive with the, uh, Valorich frame and it just it was doing like 40 50k uh bone crushers to to Vinapod and it just killed it with the those two people it was actually pretty incredible yeah overdrives does some amazing stuff but yeah it, it can also uh sort of keep itself alive longer with candle blade but it's not very powerful it used um, to be really cool at 75 but oh yeah for sure um so Moving on to the uh, de facto standard tanking setup, the Soul Soother head paired, like the White Mage head paired with the Warrior body, the Valorage body. Um, the reason we use the Soul Soother head is because you generally don't need that much fire or earth uh, elemental capacity. What you need is the light capacity, which the White Mage has the most of, and it lets you equip uh, the Flash Bulb for enmity. Um, the auto repair kit for region, and both optic fibers boost everything else at the same time. And once you're at uh, 1200 JP. For anyone who's never played Pup, uh, every different head and frame has a different elemental capacity, which determines what parts you can put on. So it's another part of Pup is fun and rewarding. It has different, like Blue Mage, but it changes based on what frame you use. Thank you. Yeah, that's exactly right. So um, generally, you always base your setups around what. Um, what what can the frame do in general, but also the you use the head to adjust its AI how it, uh, how it acts inside with that frame in combination. But you also have to consider the elemental capacity to actually make uh, your attachment setups. So um, yeah, I, I mean uh, oh yeah, one more thing: the base stats of the automaton are depend on the frame. So HP MP is all determined by the body. And the head just takes care of the AI and uh, spell uh, availability. And also, the frames have an innate MDT or PDT, which is really cool. Harlequin's 12.5 oh, yeah. for both. The mage frame is only 25% MDT, and the melee, the sharp shot Valor Edge, are 25% PDT built into the frame, which is cool. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of tidbits of information that are important, but they, uh, you kind of have to um, really read the guides and the BG Wiki thoroughly to pick up on all of that. It's easy to forget because you often take it for granted. So the sh- the sharp shot frame too came more into prominence more recently too. Is like you can have it be a shooting frame for actual purpose because in the past sharp shot was remember back when probably when you came back in 2017 sharp shot was kind of like why would you use this the DD kind of frame right? It had that reputation for a while in Adelan like why would we want this anymore? Yeah, it wasn't around during the Adelan days, but uh, 
the sharpshot frame in general was felt rather underpowered. The the Valorage head plus sharpshot body was still the premier DD automaton, but there wasn't a lot of DD to be had with that setup. And uh, most recent Puppet Master adjustments have really helped with that, which is really nice. So what does it do now? Since I've never actually been in that setting since those changes, does it like sit back with the barrage turbine and the uh, repeater? I think is the thing that is like the magna plug. Magna plug enhances weapon damage. Repeater is extra shots with barrage turbine being like barrage. What does it do now? Yes. Um, so if you're talking about the full sharp shot uh, setup, it's just like a mini ranger of your own. And exactly as you suspected, it sits back. It just uh, spams its range attacks, which are like a draw ability. It doesn't actually have any aiming time. Um, and it does some really impressive white damage for a pet. Uh, and barrage turbine does may it do like a real barrage uh, that has missable hits and a cooldown. And yeah, it's uh, it double shots with the repeater. It uh, I uh, get some really good damage bonuses from uh, the one of the newest attachments, uh, the true sites. And this is also another thing where King Kong comes into play. Uh, you actually need to triple up on wind maneuvers constantly, which is really rough if you don't have a King Kong for that. Do you build... You can make... Sorry to interrupt you. I just thought you were done. Do you build a overload setup like a... Based on wind maneuvers, do you put like extra agility gear on to prevent a wind maneuver overload, or do you just use the overload gear? Generally, your uh, overload chances are reduced as long as your base stats are above the automatons, if I remember correctly. And with all the, the stat vomit on gear these days, it's almost always the case. But um, it's hard to build for uh, maneuvers specifically. But I, I mean, if you really want to go all that in, in depth with it, you could do that. I don't. Maybe I, sh I probably should. But um, if you like, the best way to deal with the overload problem these days is to keep your automaton deployed and uh, wait until t uh, the, the maneuver duration is at five minutes or at least four minutes, and um, use cooldown as much as possible. Yeah, shout out to Nady Poo back at seventy five on the Zam forums because when that first that stat thing came out, I think it was Nady Poo's testing about wearing extra stats reduces the burden threshold or raises the burden threshold for overloading or something. But yeah, the, the sharp shot frame seems even cooler if it can do respectable damage too uh, and not have to worry about hate because it doesn't really have hate problems and it can potentially add some defense down if you need it or whatever, or just being a consequence-free DD addition. It's actually, you know, seems nifty. It may not be like the, the most meta thing ever, but it's I mean, the fact that you can do that is very awesome to me. Yeah, uh, like, um, Companion's Roll really elevates it as a build. Um, and it actually does have hate problems when you use Companion's Rolls. Like, uh, I've pulled hate pretty easily from uh, standard tank um, automaton setups. So um, it takes it's a bit tricky to use sometimes, but it's really fun to have like your own small range where just pew-pewing all the time. Pew, pew. Yeah, that does seem sweet. I actually spent a lot of time when I was actually using my puppet properly. Um, I was using it in sharp shot mode mostly, and I can definitely say that yeah, the the white damage is better even on my undergeared, massively undergeared by comparison to my Beastmaster. Um, the white damage from my puppet was still outdoing the white damage that most of my beast pets put out. So yeah, it was uh, it was actually really sweet. Yeah, to add to that, um, the new Ampaka hand pieces. They say weapon skill damage plus, 
but apparently it also applies to special attacks just like the shield curdle yes which enhances range attacks even further that's what i meant earlier when i was saying how they apply differently is it's a job ability but it counts as like weapon skill damage for the pet or special damage so all your shots get enhanced by the new mapaka and the the su5 and i also um, want to correct myself i said that the frames i just pulled it up to make sure uh the storm waker frame is 25 percent mdt and breath damage but the Valor Edge and Sharpshot are only 12.5, and the Harlequin frame is 6.25. That damage bonus um, affecting it that way is actually really important. Has anyone tested yet if it uh, transfers across all the hits in a particular uh, pet move? Or? Unfortunately not. I'm hoping oh. to do that myself if nobody else does it by the time I, I bet no one else will. Here. Because uh, the reason I ask is Beasts acts that way, and that's why it's so important right now. It's like one of the, that axe coming out is one of the most important things for the job that's happened in a little while uh, because of the massive increase that it, it has on the pets. So if it does the same thing for Puppet Master, that could be a very important, uh, very important weapon, or not weapon, but a piece of gear, especially alongside like King Kong and Aftermath. Yeah, definitely. Um, another thing I wanted to mention uh, or talk about since it's come up uh, with the King Kong and um, the general, uh, like uh, people usually thought, thought that maneuver, uh, like maneuver burden with the Kankonkan, uh, was um, divided by three when using it. But I did some testing, um, like a year ago or something, and Kankonkan actually raises the burden threshold, uh, like the overload threshold, rather than uh, reducing the burden per maneuver. That was or known. Kind of, it was forgotten, though, I guess. I suppose so, but it, it actually got into an argument on the uh, pop thread about that. And I had to retest it to, uh, um, well, make my point basically. I remember from my pup days that being known that I don't even know if it was on the. It might have even been in the wiki or something that those items raised the burden threshold. There was testing, maybe even been like Nady Poo or something. Again, not to name drop him because he's long dead. I mean, I don't know if he's really dead in real life, but he's that guy's wow. long dead. <laughs> Sam is gone. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I remember very distinctly that being testing where as soon as you took those items away whether it's buffoon's collar or whatever because buffoon's collar came out at 75 so it might have been back then at zam if you took that away and did it again you overloaded so it was very well known that it raises the threshold not reduces it i think it was actually on maybe it was the on uh final fantasy, final fantasy encyclopedia where it was mentioned that it um divides the burden that would make sense three. They have an yes. old reputation of having wrong information like that, and that's their old reputation being lived back. Yeah, I, th I think the BG Wiki doesn't go into the specifics on that anymore, uh, at the moment. So maybe it might be a good thing to add. I'll check so, that while you talk about how great the Storm Waker frame is. This, this uh, frame, like, just real quick, I'm going to kind of spoil it. Like, I really want this frame to be better than it is. I really, really, really want it to be better. Hey, he does 99k damage with it. I'm going to hear this. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Just one last thing I want to add. Um, the full sharp shot frame actually makes the version two animators useful, where the automaton stays at range. Oh yeah, uh, I forgot about those. That was behave behaves like uh, white mage trust, where it always stays at fifteen um, yams range. Quite useful. Another thing. But you can carry. also use a regular. Um, you can use a version one to deploy them at slightly higher range, but they won't readjust their position if the mob moves. So that's something to keep in mind. Okay, so moving on to the Storm Waker. Um, starting with the Soul Soother head, the White Mage head. It is quite useful if you're in a party. Let's say you're farming in Dynamis and you don't have a very attentive White Mage or something, or a very attentive Scholar. You can pop out that uh, 
frame setup and off off heal your party very effectively. As long as you're not taking too much damage yourself, it will cure bomb your um, party members very quickly if you double up on the damage gauges because they reduce the cure recast, and if you double up on light maneuvers to raise the threshold and improve the damage gauges. And uh, if, especially if you go full support, like uh, Puppet Master with a white mage subjob to take care of um, uh, debuffs, you can use the Tomaton to do all the healing, completely hate-free, hate while you take uh, while you erase and gnaw your party members. Quite fun to do, actually. Especially nice if you have a Rune Fencer or a Paladin, and you're the only two people in your party, you can uh, basically take care of them yourself. That sounds like how I would probably use it long-term. Yeah, it's very cool. It's also it also has basically infinite MP, so it never really runs into any of the other issues a newer white mage might have. So it's kind of nice as an option. It's like training wheels for your white mage that's in the alliance. That too, but it's it's also useful. Like I brought into uh, Odyssey recently uh, because uh, we didn't have a tank. Uh, we, we just had melees and pulling individually, and did help out our white mage quite a lot. Just dropping cure fives everywhere. Yeah, so, yeah that's, that's quite nice. That's a great way because in Odyssey, it's not a high DD bar to clear. I mean, obviously, if your DDs are balls to the wall here, then the yeah, you're going to clear more mobs. But it's not like it's a cutthroat competition. So bringing that ability to assist the entire party because if they die, they are now worse than anyone else in the group. So being bring that ability to actually help out uh, people because like Fox last night we talked about with Yarl about how. You know, not to go into a Geo episode here, about how, you know, Geo, when White Mage is erasing, the Geo can cure. And when the yes. White Mage is carrying, the Geo cannot erase. You know, it, that that ability to complement other people in the job is the difference between a group looking very impressive and a group that's trying to struggle to mesh well. And it makes a very noticeable difference. And that's something Puck can bring. It, it goes back into a, a sub-theme that I like to put out where, like, less is more. And you don't always just have to throw more DDs or find more more ways to squeeze DDs into scenarios to make things more efficient. Um, in some situations, you can absolutely approach it where, you know, your, your puppet could be helping out a healer to make sure that all the DDs who are there to be DDs stay alive, as long as that's how you built your, your party to begin with. Like, you built it with the idea that these people are going to do this job, so let's make sure they can do that job as best they can. And it's not saying anything bad about pup that it falls into that role. In fact, I would say that that's a strength that it can reinforce it that way. And as far as the overloading, yes, BG has the stat thing in there with a pretty solid example, but it does not have anything on raising the threshold for overload because for the longest time I see here, when I type overload and it brings me to the maneuver page because I made that redirect because I never bothered to make a page for it because I didn't want to invest into it because I was not playing pop. But down at the references here, we have births testing uh, and birth and slows testing. Uh, so if we put your testing in there from Auction House and we can add that information and the references and we can add the information, that would fix a lot of misconception, I hope. Yeah, I'll uh, give you the link to the, my testing after this. Um, so another thing about the Soul Soother setup, it's, it's not good at removing uh, debuffs. It can do it if you uh, use the eraser attachment, which will remove one uh, debuffs according to the amount of um, Light maneuvers you have on on either the automaton or yourself and adds burden, but uh, it can also cast um, not spells and erase on you and other party members. But generally, generally the way the AI works, it will always prioritize itself or the master. Yeah. If you even get slightly scratched, so it's 
not something you can rely on unless you stay completely in the back line with your uh, with the master. So it's really mostly about the cure bomb. This, this would be something that I really wish. Go far. Well, that's that's something that I really wish that they would they would change too, because the the main fear that I have in trying to rely on the white mage puppet would then be you know changing gear and with the different HP amounts on gear. Um, sometimes you can end up with a situation where like you'll change gear and maybe it'll push below that threshold and your pup will prioritize you and you're in no real danger at all and like if sc can make an improvement to the job it would be that i'm not saying that that's always going to happen it's just that's a fear that's always going to be in the back of my mind as someone who plays pipe nature a lot so i'm going to bring some old-timey pepperidge farm remember shit back into this but let's <laughs> say about 13 years ago roughly if i'm going to pick a time frame on zam when there were those fan fests or ask the dev questions or when they were doing interviews because they were an actual site that existed um the number one complaint the pup vote the pup community was a very vocal community on those boards as far as I remember, not just because I was there, but the pup community, Nady and everyone else, was a very vocal community. And the number one complaint back then, over a decade ago, was, hey, could you fix the AI? And to this day, <laughs> the AI is, you know, <laughs> they're never gonna make it good enough. It's always gonna prioritize the master and automaton. But this would be a good point to mention that maneuvers have an effect on the AI of the puppet, which is also another cool facet of pup, and putting a water maneuver on will, to my memory, uh, enhance the ability of the puppet to nah, and if you have no light maneuver on, not that you would want to drop it, because it would not prioritize curing, or get the light attachment bonuses, but it would nah before curing, and you know, it changes the AI. Yeah, but it's it can be if you really have to uh, know the AI and um, kind of Anticipate its stupidity sometimes. Yes, can be can be rough, but uh, you'll learn to to love your stupid little automaton eventually. <laughs> Isn't he cute? The uh, the mage frame was the number one uh, complaint that my I mentioned Cavendish before. He's a very good puppet master. He's Absorbent in the game right now. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's uh his number one complaint though was with mage frames and their AI, and it's one of the things that, that was really a detractor for him playing pub. So, I mean, that, I think that was the number one thing that he usually would complain to me about uh, when he said, hey, why doesn't SE just fix this one? Let's go old so. school. Asper. I mean, not that Asper, it's still a problem. Like, if your pup drops below, what, Eric, 75% here? I think it was even higher than that. Yeah. I think it starts at, like, 90%. There was a cool thing back in the day where you could solo Diabolos uh, for COP or whatever on pup by standing on the ledge and having your pup cast on it, but you had to use, like, a target marker. Or not the target, the... Was it the target? Scanner. Yeah, the scanner. Thank you. Oh, my God. The scanner. Otherwise, it would just, like, try and cast a resisted uh, Asper on it constantly instead of knowing it's going to resist from the scanner, which is supposed to be built into the head naturally, SE. Uh, and you would be able to nuke <laughs> to death without getting hate on Diabolos. It would never aggro you, and your puppet would just nuke it to death with bio and nukes. Yeah, we'll get to the Spirit Reaver in a moment. Uh, just wanted to talk about one last thing with the Soul Soother. Um, if I would, hadn't forgotten it, goddamn. Um, your turn. Right, uh, Fox, you mentioned earlier how you like to dump enmity on your frame. This one is the, the best frame to do it because it usually has some spare slots where you can fit in some PDT from the armor plates. So you can just ventriloquy on a mob if you have hate and let it tank for a little bit and heal itself, which is useful, but it, it does distract it from healing others. So uh, useful. Yeah, when I uh, when I was using the the, uh, the puppet properly, um, it was either in a ranger setup or the soul soother head. So I was 
playing around with that, but it was mostly solo. Like I wanted to get my pup to the point where I could take it into to group content and really see how that could unfold with Mnity control. Um, but yeah, it's good. It's good that you you mentioned that because that means I wasn't totally off the mark by doing that. Yeah, and you can, also, can also with with spare room. The stealth screen would probably be the only time you could use this as attachment. That automaton frame setup. Definitely, yeah. Stealth screen lowers Emity. It's a mortar attachment. Yeah, so moving on to the Spirit Reaver. You've already mentioned it, but uh, it's a powerful black mage ever since they updated the uh, Ice Maker to be useful. No longer eats all your ice maneuvers. So now you just triple up, another point where Kankonkin uh, shines, and you can burst for cap damage with Geomancer help, obviously. And preferably with uh, Corsair buffs uh, for magic accuracy, but you can do higher damage than even summoner bursts usually. See, it's definitely not my thing, but off the top of my head, is there no better main master weapon for pup nuking than King Konkin for reduced burden? Is there like no magic attack bonus weapon or anything for pup to use that matters? Maybe the O, not the Otas, the uh, Ozma dot, whatever the skirmish weapon is. Does that not get? Yeah, the Ormazd. Ormazd. It does have. Yeah, it does have um, magic up to a magic attack bonus plus twenty five, but it's really hard to augment. Like I put a lot of stones into it, to, and I really never really saw any high numbers on that. So I hear um, your pain. <laughs> it, it, it's it's definitely an option if you want to go for maximum damage, but uh, the Shiokodal has plus fifty uh, magic accuracy on it. Oh uh, yeah, you just use that. That's yeah, right. it's it's more bang for buck. You actually still have resist problems even with even with puppet roll and magic accuracy accuracy food food. Uh, which I just just want to say I was really grateful when they patched the uh, dive coup and all the um, pet food uh, a so while back. If you're using the the Zyokotal for um, for magic accuracy in some situations, then uh, circling back to the the new fists that came out with Odyssey, um, since those have stat boosts, it would it would provide what tw- uh, twenty int to the puppet and the same magic accuracy as those. So is that a better swap for magic Ooh, accuracy then? Like, that is actually that you don't a really need? good point. Uh, yeah. I have not thought about those. That actually make them the best nuking weapon for sure. Let me pull That's interesting. I'm typing my pocket in right now. Hold on. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's one thing that, uh, that I noticed. Uh, again, this is this is just me playing Beastmaster and trying to apply it to other pets is that um, I think. You know, ice, getting the all stat bonuses is, is still important. Ice Maker would be the determination at that point because Ice Maker adds it adds burden to ice maneuvers to add a substantial boost to the puppet's nuking power. So I think maybe reducing overload versus losing the ability to put as many ice. Maybe if it's a long fight, yeah. But if it's a short er fight, oh, that's well, that's actually not an issue. If you keep your weapon unlocked, uh, you can just swap in a concoct oh, for okay. use, and it will never unlo- uh, overload while. Uh, doing actions that the overlet check only happens when you apply a maneuver yeah that's actually i didn't even I mean, think of that you you already can do cap damage i just look for more efficient ways to do cap damage because maybe you can switch something else around in your set to make it a little better yeah like if you're if you were the one mailing and doing the skill chains yourself you obviously want to stick with concoction since you can't really swap out your weapon all okay the time. so it's it's not mapaka's fist it's sakpata's fist so sakpata's oh. fist yeah and it adds. That's probably why I missed it. It adds, yeah, accuracy fifty, range accuracy fifty, magic accuracy fifty to the pet, and all uh, attributes to the pet plus twenty. So, yeah, I should add that to the guy. That's definitely ideal for nuking. And it's cool too, because if you're standing back, it's also cure potency received plus ten. Ooh, Ooh. Nice. <laughs> gravy. So yeah, yeah so, we can be productive. Uh, 
I've heard a lot of issues about Spirit Reaver being annoying where you have to wait to deploy it to make sure it properly magic bursts because if it's waiting, the AI may get caught up or something. So back to loving your stupid idiot pup. Yep, the AI is definitely one of the biggest drawbacks with the Spirit Reaver. Um, it has a tendency, when you first deploy it, it will almost always open with Thunder 5, even if there's an open uh, uh, magic burst window. Um, it's it's one of the reasons why I usually just keep it deployed these days. So because uh, the way the automaton AI works, it checks for changes on the um, enemy every couple of seconds, which you can quicken if you use a tactical processor. But unfortunately, you do not have room for that on the Spirit Reaver setup, setup unless you attachment. sacrifice a lot of damage. Yeah, exactly. You want to generally you want to fill up the, all the ice uh, capacity with more damage and magic accuracy, uh, depending on the situation. And um, yeah, so every three seconds or so it checks, and if it uh, if it doesn't check when like uh, you deploy it or when uh, something happens and it misses it by like a half a second or something, then it'll just do some stupid action and you kind and of have to deal with that. That's actually, you might actually have to just sacrifice at that point because I pulled up the tactical processor page and it's based off of the JP dev post where we don't know what no maneuver, one maneuver or two maneuvers does, but it reduces with three maneuvers, which would make me think at least two maneuvers is definitely two seconds or maybe half a second. Three maneuvers is, it changes the decision-making time from three seconds to 1.15 seconds. So yeah, it definitely makes a noticeable difference. So, yeah, because that frame um, struggles with a lot of AI changes. If you want me to read the description for tactical processor or not. Yeah, it would help the listeners for sure. Uh, automatons wait a standard three seconds between actions before reconfirming their next action. This includes their next spell cast or if they will perform a magic burst with an amplifier and other attachments. Decreasing decision-making time allows the automaton to be free to quicker change the, to a different action than was already decided previously if need be, which is a huge deal for magic bursts. Fortunately for my testing, I found that doesn't help with the initial deploy Thunder 5. Uh, so that's, as I said, that's one of the reasons why I keep it deployed. The amplifier attachments, which um, allow the automaton to recognize magic burst windows and um, burst them, that's uh, they they usually have um, a separate check that will allow the automaton to skip its reca uh, global recast timer on nuking and focus on them being a skill chain. But if you pair them together, it could it definitely leads to some uh, much more responsive uh, behavior. I just wonder if it'll make the difference or not. It, it definitely, it's it's useful. Okay, cool. That's good to know. But uh, you can make it work without, so um, it always depends, like with everything. I think uh, the potential like loss of damage, if it even happens once in that kind of setup, the potential loss of damage. It's only one ice slot, so the potential loss of damage there for losing a little MAB, I think, definitely along like key or something would definitely outweigh that. Yeah, that's. It's actually what I wanted to bring up next. If you do, if you play, if you're nuking on K, um, you can just generally um, uh, control the automaton's behavior enough that it, uh, the slow um, checks don't become an issue. So it nukes fairly reliable. I think I only last time I did this, uh, I only missed maybe one nuke out of probably like I don't know 15 plus MBs or something. So it wasn't a big deal. But uh, the main thing that helped on K. Was that uh, was a scanner attachment? Absolutely a must-have. It prevents aspiring and uh, oh absorb and stuff like that uh, on dark-based mobs or mobs with high dark resistance. If you if you don't use that, like 
anything you're nuking with the automaton that's not dark based, you'll have a bad time because it will spam Aspir as if its life depended on it. And that's one of the things I heard as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish I wish they would just uh, restrict Aspir usage to when a dark maneuver is up. Oh but, boy. Uh, they yeah. I pulled up scanner on BG and I put this stupid shit here. Oh boy. So we talked about Diabolus in the past there at 75 before they patched it. You can't do it anymore, uh, and which was a sad thing at 75, but Pup was doing it. Yep. And you need a scanner to make sure Asper didn't kick off, and that has not changed to this day in like 15 years. But the scanner page on BG, I have a seemingly constantly broken attachment is what I wrote. And then I quoted the devs here with a post here. It says, in order to... In order for your trusty automaton to determine enemies' resistances, it's not enough to just equip a scanner. Try using an ice maneuver after equipping a scanner, as in to say that it's broken and doesn't <laughs> work. Well, that's helpful, <laughs> I guess. Maybe. Thanks, Thanks, but yeah, thanks um, Use an ice maneuver. That's how they've always responded. Not... not to cut you off again, because I've done it a million times. I'm very sorry, Eric's. I'm sorry, too. But I've been doing the, it as well. historically, when we complain... So I said the pub community is very vocal. Historically, when... AI complaints for Pup were always brought up. The devs were always like, well, just try using an ice maneuver, as if we're all fucking morons and don't know how to play the job at all, and they just think, oh, it's working fine. Yeah, I'm wondering if they got the, any similar complaints from the uh, Japanese community. They'd listen then. Ooh. Yeah, well. Anyway, um, the point I was trying to talk about, you mentioned earlier how it, um, the scanner effect should also already be built into the server. It Kinda is to an extent. Like the Spirit Reaver will uh, always nuke with the elements that work that aren't going to be resisted completely. Uh, the scanner, if you cook that, will kind of refine that behavior so it only nukes the best elements. Um, for example, um, Chrome Dupe in um, Racing Gmo, very weak to fire, uh, but other elements also kind of work. I think uh, wind also works. Without the scanner, it will also uh, will nuke fire and arrow. And with the scanner, I think it will stick to only fire. So that's one of the ways to kind of refine the AI with that. In my mind, the quickest parallel there is Dragoon. The Wyvern will use generally the breath that is weakest against like uh, the mob. It'll use Blizzard against a bird or something. But when you put on the Vishop helm, the AF helm, it'll always focus on the correct element. Yeah, and one last thing I wanted to mention, something that's really irritating to me personally. If you use uh, Heady Artifice, mm -hmm. the uh, level 96 uh, special ability for, for Puppet Master, um, it'll allow the automaton to use a um, its own one hour according to its currently equipped head. The Harlequin uses Might Mighty Strikes, the Valor Edge uses Invincible, the Stormbreaker head uses Chain Spell. The Soul Soother uses Benediction, really useful. Uh, and the Spirit Reaver uses Manifont. And <laughs> Womp. <laughs> yeah. It's, the thing with Manifont is when you activate that, it fixes the automaton's nuking AI. Yes, it won't Asper or Absorb Int, right? Or just at least won't Asper. Not, not, not only that, it actually makes the automaton. Uh, Chain nukes and multi multi magic burst like it does multiple what? magic bursts in one window. Dude, yes, Matsui, the trust when I call him can do that. So why do I got to use a one hour on a pup to make it do that? I know, right? Like why? <sighs> it was 
They've demonstrated I, the AI works with the trust. They can do it. It's like such a difference if you have it active and when you don't have it active. It's so, yeah. Someone get a telegram to the JPs. We need to have this delivered stat to SE devs. We need to have this fixed that Matsui works. The puppet doesn't. Please make the puppet Matsui. Yeah. Start tapping out the telegraph now. That's so good. Rogo go lick. I love that sound. But yeah, I can, I can send you the, the um, forum post I made about that a while back uh, where I tested it. And yeah, um, I've, I've been very annoyed with the Spirit Reaver AI since then. That's how you know you're a real pup, when you're annoyed at basic minor problems that could be easily fixed, but SE ignores them year after year after year, like you're some forgotten blue mage or something, or a, maybe a black mage. Yeah. Um, let's... Uh, I suppose it's a good time to move on before I get too... Uh, yeah, before we get annoyed. Too, too passionate about this issue. <laughs> I think we're already in so, that. Special attachments? Uh, do you not want to talk about the full Storm Waker? Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, sorry, I thought we were done. With... We're going to have to start moving into a, a lightning round eventually. Otherwise, it's going to be the longest. Oh, yeah, sorry, Which sorry, I, this... I, I mean, I'm personally okay with that, Fox, but... <laughs> I think Pup well, is a job that demands that time because there's so much and we can't do it two part. And I would normally be okay with that. I just can't be a huge hypocrite if I hold other people to certain standards. I can't. Hey, the world's not fair. Go back on that. The world is not fair, but I we're always apologizing to Funkworks. Funk <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we could do a second episode someday if you want to cut me off, but uh, we can also try to speed things up a little bit if you want me we to. Can, we'll, let's try and speed it up. We're fine so if we can get within like 45 minutes from this or now, I think that would be perfect. If we can do within 50, that'd be ideal. All right. So just to uh, talk about it very quickly, full storm worker. Uh, it's a red mage. It buffs. It gives you haste too. It gives you stone skin on phalanx on the master. Really nice to have some added security if you don't necessarily need high cures. And it also nukes a little bit. Non-trust um, event. Yeah. It's it also enfeebles a little bit. It's kind of nice just for the utility. was more useful before trusts, but yeah, it has its uses. Especially in com uh, content where you can't even use trusts. It does so. DA3, right? I believe it does, yeah. Okay, so that's all automatically at the bat. That yeah. means, you know, if you're not... Because what's cool about Pup is in a low, like, solo or low man setup, the, the pet gear and Dual DDing as master and pup setups gains more value, but if you're alone solo too, having cures, phalanx, stone—I mean, stone skin's kind of weak, but dia debuffs—I mean, those actually become infinitely more important. I mean, you're not trying to speed run; you're trying to succeed, so that can be really cool. Well, actually, uh, according to the BG page, it does only only does dia two. I was so thinking that, but might be misremembering. Then I'm glad you thinking, pulled it up. Yeah, I don't want to leave any. Wrong information behind, but yeah, uh, it does stuff like Adel and uh, other debuffs, which are handy to have for some fights. But it it it's a niche setup among niche setups. So, if trust didn't exist, it would be one of the coolest things in the game, and I think more people yeah. would instantly be like, "I want to play Pup. I could haste too, Phalanx, Dia, Cures, debuffs, all without for having sure. anyone else there." Which used to be one of it the was. coolest selling points of the job, and frankly, it can still be. It was well, yeah, a I mean, uh, like worst case scenario, like what puppet you bring out can also change the trust setup that you have to be, you know, attached to. So you can make all of that work together when you're in your solo situation. But yeah, um, not to stick on this for too long. Uh, one frame setup we did skip earlier is the Valuage head and the sharp shot body. Uh, it's the premier DD setup. Uh, does the most damage, best for uh, pet burns because the extra fire. Yeah, it uh, also does. Um, 
its best or one of its best weapon skills does defense down, which is really nice for summoners and beastmasters. Uh, always handy to have. And you can use it as as that. You can use it as a pet burn. You can use it as your um, trusty buddy uh, meleeing alongside you. And the reason we use the Valor Edge head instead of the Sharp Shot head is because the Valor Edge head makes it follow the monster around instead of staying at range. And the extra fire is super important yeah. for pets because we've always talked about how pets don't get the buffs of other jobs. I mean, you have to use pet rolls to get anything, but uh, the Automaton naturally has attachments built in that give it that sort of edge that other pet jobs don't have at all. Like if a Beastmaster had this, it would be ridiculous. So the fire attachments give, whether it's uh, Attack Plus or... Uh, flame holder we said as FTP plus to weapon skills and all those other things inhibitor for STP and skill chain focused a tuner and we mentioned before is really cool it ignores a percentage of the, the defense of a mob that's uh tough VT you know any sort of NM you're gonna fight uh with one maneuver without optic fibers with everything it's you know 15% defense ignored but two and three maneuvers it's 15% for each one so with three maneuvers so if you're overdriving it's you're ignoring half the mob's defense. Uh, already yeah, without right. any sort of defense down. Seems important. Uh, this is a good segue into the next uh, talking points we had about special attachments. Um, and regarding the Atuna, it, I think it, uh, the effect is halved on uh, Notorious Monsters. So it's a bit of a downside, but it's still really good. And especially if you double up at least uh, without overdrive or tri um, use overdrive uh, to get an automatic tripling effect. But it works on NMs though, correct? Yeah, it does. Yeah, because in 2014 it didn't, in 2015 they fixed it. And they get the typical SE due to how... I looked it up the other day, it was a Japanese-only post. Uh, it's like due to how complicated the the you know uh, calculations are within the game, we can't promise it'll come soon because it's very... Com you know, that kind of nonsense they give us. But they, they fixed it because they can. Thankfully. Well, even if, even if it's like half as effective, right? That's still like 22% uh, defense ignored. Like uh, that's... Yeah. That's... Basically, with one the same is like, that's like a free Dia 3. And you get to stack it with other stuff too, which is great. Yep. Yeah, like it all stacks together, but to kind of like paint a picture for people who constantly, because people ask constant questions about how PDF works, um, to ignore that much defense is like adding an extra Dia 3 into the mix just for the puppet. So, you know, it stacks obviously with all these other things and it makes it a lot easier to hit PDF, which can be really important, especially if you're not like the buff focus for the group, you know? Being able to add that extra thing in make, means that you're still usable in that content because you're still modifying, you know, the, the P different ratio pro appropriately for your DPS. And Pup That's has a target marker too, which is the equivalent for evasion ignored for, you know, so if you're fighting a very evasive enemy and you lower 15% plus with optic fibers of the enemy's evasion, you, I mean, that's more powerful than the accuracy attachment you can put on the Pup. Yeah, so um, adding on to that, the... Uh... They are, they're both really powerful attachments, but um, they don't cap PDF on their own, which some people uh, unfortunately uh, assume. What you really, yes, what you can do to kind of achieve that effect, though, is with the um, Valage Sharp Shot setup, uh, the Armor Shatterer weapon skill has a very powerful uh, innate attack bonus, which almost always will cap its PDF on pretty much any target. It's like a uh, plus 100, 100, uh, 150% attack bonus or something. And it also has a, uh, its own one twenty five effect. 125? Okay. Yeah, so it's it's really powerful. So it always, almost always caps and it's make, it makes the weapon skills really, uh, really um, consistent. And you don't need any TP bonus for that either, so you don't even have to swap it when um, 
and swap onto to automaton gear when you're just meleeing alongside your pet. And what's great is uh, armor shatterer is fusion impaction, which you know hand to hand does not naturally get a fusion like that for pup at least. I don't think I don't, I'm not a monk. I can't say it has maybe maybe aesthetic fury or something. I don't know. But the uh, it also has a 50% accuracy bonus because I pulled the page up to armor shatterer and the defense down is 15%, which is not bad. But it lasts for 90 seconds, but if you have more TP, it increases the duration by, you know, 2,033 and capped is 66% extra, which would be quite a decent duration defense down. Yeah, and it keeps spamming it anyway, so it shouldn't be an, an issue even if it wears off. Yeah, and seeing how, you know, most of the time defense down is actually overlooked, you know, just getting a free one attached to what you're already doing without having to make sacrifices nice. Yeah, imagine your samurai not having to use Agaha or your... your you know, warrior or whatever, and just being able to spam their stuff and not have to worry because the pup there who's not there to win the parse, the pup's there to support the rest of the party with its different, you know, abilities and, and ways to shift around for content, doing that defense down and letting your other DDs be DDs. So you're kind of like a support DD and that you're taking away their roles because you can do it with less drawback to your performance and enhance their performance. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, so for other attachments, do you just want to uh, talk about the most interesting ones? Or I, I mean, because personally, I don't, I've never used, I've never played with Pup Endgame. I don't have a pet set up yet, but I'm really, really enjoying running around and doing stuff with it and CPing and hoping one day to be the guy uh, that maybe has a Pup tank or maybe, you know, do whatever it does. But something that really stood out to me is a lot of players try to fight Sarama for one reason or another and they have trouble and the Steam Jacket on the puppet makes that like people have yelled for mercs for Sarama I've seen people have asked me to kill it for them and it's not really hard on blue but I'm on pup with steam jacket it kind of like invalidates the fire damage so do you want to explain that yeah so steam jacket um basically when as soon as the automaton gets hit by an element it gains dt to that element until the next time it gets hit by a different element so if you uh, stack up if you, even if you only use one water maneuver to increase the effect of Steam Jacket, you can cap out the uh, MDT for the automaton, and single element monsters will basically never scratch, even scratch it. And with one maneuver without optic fibers, which would greatly enhance having two optic fibers to give it a big percentage boost, one maneuver is minus 45% DT to that one element. Yeah, especially in, in this month's Ambuscade. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. The Vizaja uh, does it. almost no damage because of the Steam Jacket. Yeah, and your robot battles. Pretty much, yeah. And it said I have Pup and want to do Ambuscade because I have not done it this month. And the month is, it's today is the first. So it's only maybe like a week, maybe two left of Ambuscade. And I've not done it once. And I, being a Pup, it said that I don't have myself ready. I could get myself ready, I suppose, that I'm not doing that because I really want to. Well, as long as you have basic DT gear and the Steam Jacket, you can tank it even at 100 JP. I have a mantle <laughs> and I don't have like the Kupo helm because I haven't stopped to do it. Yeah, I mean, if you if you have like the Anwig Salad, uh, the Ambu Legs, the Talaya, maybe some Rao gear, if you think you're, you should be good. I, okay, maybe I can just jump in and do that. That's actually, I, I'm, thank you. I, I didn't know what it takes to do that, and it's not really posted anywhere, so. Yes, the, the um, Ice Giant uh, basically just doesn't really do any notable physical damage, so it can just do um, light, water, and fire to hold hate. Uh, during mana font, otherwise you can just double up and fire. Huh. And with light, but uh, even if you do only do that light water fire, you should be pretty good in general for holding heat. What about resistor? Yeah. How effective is that? Have you used it? Is there space for it? Is there? 
Generally, I mostly use resistors on my white mage automaton, very rarely on my tank automaton because it's not as reliable as magic evasion is on a player. And you don't generally, like you, you often have to use maneuvers that aren't water to actually do the holding yeah. rather than the tanking. I see it's pretty low. And it's like tenacity on rune, but it's low here. It's, it's 5% it, with no maneuver, so that's kind of low. It it definitely shines the most under overdrive, uh, but the the main thing with the tank maton is that mo it, it doesn't really even care about most status elements unless it's doom or petrify. Um, so and those are usually easily removed with a quick repair or maintenance. Amnesia. So, uh, amnesia is rarely an issue. It seems to wear off pretty quickly on automatons. Um, mm. Something I noticed in Omen on bosses. So. It's generally not a huge issue. Maybe they have resist like, built in as a trait we don't know about. It's possible. Uh, but like uh, really long duration, and you just could definitely mess up the automaton. But at that point, you might as well just um, deactivate it and reactivate it. <laughs> that's a good point, too. You could always dodge everything that way. Yeah, that's actually one of the um, ways to deal with the own boss mechanics, where if your automaton gets hit by a target and 11th dimension, you can basically just um, flash the boss Deactivate you and reactivate your automaton and trilogy <laughs> all your hate onto the automaton to keep tanking. That's awesome. That's pretty funny. That is pretty awesome. Yeah. That's also the reason why I put an enmity setup in the pop guide. Oh, yeah, because you would definitely want it for the extra enmity on Flash. So, outside of those, I mean, the analyzer is effectively kind of like the steam jacket, but for TP moves and it stacks with it. So, it works differently. They do stack. Um, analyzer is like, uh, I think, special DT. And it uh, it basically memorizes what uh, hit, uh, a TP move the Tomton was hit with, and then uh, mitigates that TP move for the next uh, couple of moves, repeated moves, uh, depending on how many Earth maneuvers you have up, okay. had up at the time. It's forty percent DT uh, to subsequent special attacks, which are TP moves. Uh, without any maneuvers, it's one. With one maneuver, it's two. Uh, the amount does not vary with maneuvers. Da, 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 da. Um, so basically, I guess, is it the same TP move? Does it reset like the Steam Jacket? I don't know what it really... Yeah, it resets when a different TP move is used. Okay, so if the mob's spamming the same TP move, it'll mitigate an extra 40% DT on top of whatever you're doing. I'm sure everything... There's caps, of course, with 87.5 for the pet. Is that right? Yes. Okay, see that's I think I think it actually uh, somehow says calculated separately from that i remember Ooh. like in the prago ambuscade uh, you kind of need the steam jacket and the analyzer to reliably survive the magic hammer oh that's cool yeah there are there are ways to get around the actual hard caps in the game and what it is it's usually a uh, um, a separate redu reduction that's calculated after the fact it's not additive in the traditional way that we think about dt caps and that simulates it being a higher dt cap when it when it really isn't uh killer instinct works the same way uh, protection and so forth and so on. So yeah, um, so something that we should definitely talk about with regard to attachments is the difference between inhibitors and speed loaders with regard to automaton I AI. I was wondering that. The, the most fun stuff to deal with. Uh, so inhibitors, um, the way they obviously add storage PV, which makes them invaluable, but they also force the automaton to look for skill chains, which can be a massive issue if you're in a party and everybody's spamming weapon skills. The automaton will almost never weapon skill. Same deal with the speed loaders in that regard. However, the difference is um, with speed loaders. When the automaton um, will always 
use its strongest weapon skill, like the highest uh, skill weapon skill that can still make a skill chain, whereas the speed loader has a longer delay to allow for multi-steps, and it will use whichever skill, uh, whichever weapon skill makes the highest tier of skill chain with the preceding weapon skill. Okay. So that inhibitor for, issue goes all the way back to seventy-five too. Yeah, but it it has its uses. Um, because you can make uh, like um, the skill chaining automatons I was talking about earlier. Uh, you can actually do that even with just one automaton paired with a scholar. Basically, set up uh, the, the, the scholar can open for the automaton, and the automaton will close skill chains for uh, a major burst. So you don't even need two uh, puppets um, at the same time. And actually, um, back to the you know the pre DD meta you know era there with everyone magic bursting. If anyone had bothered to bring a pup, I mean, I guess TP gain or whatever needing a corsair to give the pet TP would have been an issue because scholar just. I mean, stratagems are limited, so maybe if you worked very well, you could synergize a awesome combination between pup closing an extra skill chain with the scholar and all the black mages magic bursting. But now that I'm thinking about it, that kind of TP gain and everything probably would have been an issue for pup to do that. Compa uh, companion's role actually takes care of that completely. So TP is usually not an issue if you kind of gear it for uh, mailing as well, to an extent. Yeah, but you um, typically didn't have a core for those black mage groups. But if you you could bring yeah. one, but um, the magic attack bonus role is like level seventy five era levels of bonus. It's not strong. Yeah, it's more of a low man thing. When stratagems are really limited, you can basically basically get a tank and uh, allow the uh, scholar to have. Uh, unlimited stratagems for skill chaining, so it's it's a niche, niche application, but it uh, it was kind of fun. Uh, but you do need some setup for that. What you have to do is uh, use the inhibitors, not the speed lures, or it'll t take too long to close. And you want to keep at least uh, 900 or higher TP on the master without ever switching weapons and losing that TP. So the automaton will always hold its TP and wait for the skill uh, for the scholar to open. Daedalus wings are easy to carry, so that could kind of work. But you get medicated effects, so you better not die. Yeah, you can just you can simply use some tactical switch to steal your automaton's TP. From <laughs> That's a great point. I always feel stupid when something that comes up. I'm like, I'll do it the hard way. Daedalus wing, and it's like, I'll just use tactical switch. You actually get 400 free TP uh, with job points. And the, the Empyrean feat, right? So is it... Yeah. I, I think the Empyrean feat just um, increased the multiplier to the TP you steal from automaton, but the job points give you uh, 400 TP even if your automaton has nothing to start with. So you basically have a 400 TP meditate as a pup. Yeah, that's correct. That's the job points. I pulled up the feat just now and increased the TP exchange between puppet and automaton by 130% instead of 100%. It's pretty nifty, something I don't see a lot of people actually doing. Like You should always be starting with 400 TP when you're about to melee. Yeah, it's great because it's a free weapon skill. It's like a free meditate, and tactical switch is a quick ability with a recast of. As it was, I think it was like one eh, minute. three minutes, so it's like meditate. Oh, three minutes. It's like meditate okay. with more utility. Oh, I think it was well, I was thinking of ventriloquy. I think. Yeah, vents one minute, so it's double the duration of a uh, snarl, but still kind of cool. Yeah, the other use for uh, tactical switch is to make a six-step skill chain with your automaton which does require uh, buffs and usually can conquer for TP speed. Or but, overdrive. Uh, or overdrive. 
but you actually you actually uh the automaton keeps up pretty well with tp speed even without companions roll if it's set up properly with uh, aftermath especially and uh sometimes it's the um puppet master who falls behind depending on the situation if you're like taking hits and tp moves are there any random attachments that we haven't talked about, like maybe Replicator or something really weird and stupid that even come into play here, or have we kind of covered it all? I um, mean, noteworthy attachments, aside from the ones that uh, improve, uh, like the best, the, the most common setups, Replicator hasn't really been relevant, unfortunately. I haven't really found a good use for it so far. Maybe back um, in the pre-I level days. Yeah. I mean, shadows, they get wiped too quickly to do much, and automaton is usually very sturdy either way. We can't um, laser. Barrier models are, are, are underrated. They give a lot of uh, a shield block to automaton, which makes the um, tank automaton even sturdier and makes it really good for uh, super tanking in Wave 3 Dynamis, for example. Yeah, that's shield mastery too. Isn't that barrier module like a requirement for using the tank frame as long as you can? I mean,. Is there anything the puppet can't, like job abilities, I guess you can't block against as a puppet still, even though it's, I guess, so the same shield rules apply, I guess I'm asking. Um, I'm actually not sure about that. I would assume the same shield rules apply. Yeah, most likely. So Fox like, uh, Same me. with the enmity caps, though. Yeah, if it, if it works exactly the same way as, like, shield blocking, then any any physical components should be able to be blocked that aren't ranged attacks. Yeah, okay. from my experience, that that sounds that sounds about right. Okay, so JAs or not, it doesn't matter. It's not it's not like parry shield block will always as shield block does for paladin still work for the automaton the same way. Yeah. So uh, another useful attachment is the shirtson, which is basically uh, sort of a Mikawari, which as long as you keep up uh, Earth maneuver, the, the Thompson stays alive, which um, is very niche as well, but. Uh, I remember using it at least once or twice um, in situations where there was a lot of physical damage coming out in form of TP moves. And when I wrote the page on the uh, shirts in there, I, I bolded physical, and it says if the automaton receives a bolded physical attack, that would kill it, and there is at least one earth maneuver active. One earth maneuver will be, is it still erased? And uh, I'm not sure, actually. It's, I think the last time I used it was before that update. That's a good so it's, that's. So it'll leave the automaton at 1 HP if a physical attack would have killed it. So magical doesn't matter, but a lot of things are physical, so that would definitely be something that could save the automaton with like a Megawari. And there's an instant recast, so you can use it again. As long as, I guess, your HP is yeah. not 1, you'll live again. Can you make oh, yeah. like an invincible automaton? Um, pretty much. If you, I think I think they actually changed it to use, use Burden, but... Uh... If they did, that changes the whole thing, because before it erased the maneuver, and then you would be subject to dying. But if it's Burden now, you just wouldn't be able to do anything. But as long as it's not magical, your puppet would never die, which sounds like something you could really, really exploit if they changed it. Yeah, I think I wanted to use it at one point during the Q-Drop ambuscade, but I never got around to it. And it's been quite a while since I used it last time. But let me check in-game right real quick. And okay, it's, I think it still erases Earth maneuvers, so it would have to because otherwise it like leaves it really yeah, open it would be to wrong, I suppose. But, but yeah, the cool. the the reason I wanted to use it for Kudrup Anbu is because of the last phase uh, where it spams the um, health drain, and you don't really want the region from the auto repair kits usually. So I did, uh, wanted to pair it with the auto repair kit one for the least amount of region, so it stays alive uh, with our shirts, and so it doesn't get killed. But uh, didn't turn out. Turn out it wasn't even necessary because the boss didn't hit that hard. Um, let me check the rest of the attachments. Uh, power cooler, really, really good for 
the automatons, if you can fit it in. That can makes a reduced MP cost. Sustainability. Yeah. Um, we already covered the tactical processor. Uh, we had tranquilizers. Uh, that's one of the reasons I switched to uh, Shiokotl over the um, Ormazd, because you can, uh, the tranquilizers actually give a ton more magic accuracy for the same um, ice cost as loudspeakers do for magic attack bonus. So I think the difference is like uh, three maneuvers gives a plus 110 uh, to yep. magic accuracy versus 80, 60, 40. Uh, 80 60 uh, magic attack bonus. So you kinda, um, can focus your uh, uh, gear more on magic attack bonus for the most part and just uh, put in a magic accuracy attachments uh, instead if you really need it. But usually uh, you're fine with just going. I mean, magic the loudspeaker gives a sizable bonus, but no maneuver is 40, and it's 10 for each, so 50 with 160, 73. Uh, it's you were correct. It's 110 for the tranquilizer for magic accuracy, but for a puppet that doesn't get, you know, too much in the way of buffs besides your gear, and, and unless you have another role dedicated with a Drachen roll, will give you puppet roll. Yeah, the puppet's roll. They changed it back, and they used to be Drachen roll. Puppet's roll will give you a magic accuracy attack bonus, which you're already getting the magic attack bonus. So, I mean, I guess it really kind of depends. It's part of play in the job. You get to see, do I need more MAB? Can I use, you know, that? Or do I have to use Tranquilizer for... Let me go back. It was 110 with 3, 80 with 2, 60 with 1, and 40 with none. But you would have 1 at least. So it'd be 60 accuracy, which is, you know, kind of a big deal. Yeah. Generally, I'd just go with um, a full magic damage loadout. And with the... um. Like even even the food is more gives you more bang for your buck if you go for magic accuracy. So yeah, because you can't use food to give that damage. Uh, yeah, so a tranquilizer is really powerful, and but you can you can always swap it in if you need it. But uh, generally, you're uh, better off using the loudspeakers and wearing a shield coat with uh, magic accuracy. And I think if that covers the attachments, we'll skip the maneuvers thing that I put here. Report lightning maneuver isn't. Yeah, you know, it might be. <laughs> because that's to. it's not a guide. That's part of learning pup. You'll learn what maneuvers are the best combo or post in the thread or maybe the string theory guide kind of covers it too. But something will bring Fox back into this because I felt he's been way too quiet because we've been I've been geeking out and taking up so much space yes, here. Sorry. And I'm sorry, Fox, oh, for fun. I've been sucking the oxygen out of Fox here. But that's the last bullet we have here, which is great because this is, I love this. This podcast has been one of my favorites so far. Is pup in the meta and niches versus solo pup, and that that alone could be an hour. So let's see what we go with that. Oh yeah, that's that's a big topic. Um, let's say I mean, fox is the pup. Yeah, let's okay. say fox is the pup. So so set your bar really low. <laughs> pup has a lot of trouble fitting into meta setups. Um, usually, you would take up the D, D slot which uh, most people wouldn't be willing to give you, unfortunately. So um, you kind of have to work around that. It's like you can try to be the tank when relatively undergeared setups, when everybody's not doing enough damage to really grab hate off of the automaton, but at higher levels of play, you can't really do that, obviously. Um, so you're left with a job that uh, struggles to get invites, which is unfortunate, but... Um, Despite the, uh, and uh, on the other hand, you really fit really well into any kind of pet burns, or um, well, if, if for and like special fights like Ambuscade this month, where a lot of setups do melee damage, and you're just holding a monster on the side. Same thing with the Lamia uh, Ambuscade. 
you can melee and you can also hold them up and that's really useful and some people will appreciate that but um as far as damage goes uh, you're basically as i said um savage blade core roughly on that tier and that's not um, bad yeah it's not it it can work like if if you're not going for like absolute optimization you have a job that can put out decent damage and can switch up its role in a, in a pinch yeah recently um a certain player, Spicy and I know, uh, decided that they would use a Puppet Master oh, as, God. Uh, as the heavy DD in a Dynamis run, which is incorrect. But it could, could have definitely filled the role as an additional DD in that run. And it performed about as well as the uh, the Savage Blade Corsair did. Um, they weren't pulling for... They were pulling for physical the entire the entire run, too. So it was a pretty even comparison uh, because, you know, Legend Salute couldn't do its thing. Um so I would say, yeah, it, it was about a direct comparison. I th- I'd say the parse, I think, was like within 2% of each other. And um, see, So yeah, that, that is actually a very good assertion. That's a matter of, if, if anyone who's been listening to this whole thing so far knows, when we're talking about how Pup fits in, Pup is not there to be the guy, the only spotlight on the stage here. You're meant to work with your group or work with your automaton. Yeah. You're not meant to be the Dark Knight. The way It was never designed and built to be that. So while your ego may be running off the charts here and showing, hey, I can do this, I'm on the, you know, just because you like something doesn't mean that you can let that, ex- you know, exceed what things are capable of in this case. And you can't just suck the oxygen out of your group's run there and, and just try and take all the buffs for yourself. And I'll show them, I'll win the, yeah, of course, you're going to win the parse. You're, you're, you're kind of begging the question yeah, I, of I'll make it so I win. Exactly. So. And it's that's not. I wanted good. I wanted to use that to illustrate two things. It's that yeah, for one, you're absolutely correct that it, it can stand out at about the rate that a Savage Blade, um, a generalized Savage Blade DD can. So I, I mean, it can definitely do damage, but it, it's not going to ever hold the spot that a you know a heavy DPS will hold. Um, but that doesn't mean that you know you because because I, I didn't even speak to what the puppet was doing, which was nothing. Like it was being played <laughs> properly. The puppet would have been able to do, you know, a lot more as well while still providing that kind of DPS. So, you know, just try to approach it properly when trying to sub it into a group, I guess, is, is kind of what I'm getting at. You, you like can't have an ego with pup because otherwise you're going to fail the job and fail yourself and fail your group. And it's not about you're not you're, you're the glue of the group. You're you know, you're not supposed to be the other roles you should have brought that, you know, synergy is a thing in this game. And Essie has constantly demonstrated the mechanics building around certain jobs and how they work, how synergy works. And Pup was not meant to do that role. You can you can try it, of course, but I mean you're you're failing your job and you're failing your group at that point. Yeah, Puppet Master is a good job uh, when it comes to um, like filling filling the the uh, weaknesses of, of your party, like uh, complementing your party in a way that might not uh, that you might not be able to with. Uh, Standard setups, for example, if you need that's a good way to put if it. If you need an extra DD, you can go full DD. If you need an extra off healer to kind of keep DDs alive for farming dynamics or omen or whatever, you can do that. Or you can help nuke if you actually need to, like on uh, dynamics uh, mid bosses or on omen bosses when other other roles are already covered. So I'll I'll say pup is the synergy job. As he designed pup to be a synergy job, uh, in my mind at least. And it is there, as you said, to fill in for a DD, fill in for a healer. It's not meant to be that job. And I think the whole reason, since we're on the meta topic here, the whole reason it is not shining in the meta is because it is meant to complement group synergy and help them 
well, I mean, you enjoy playing the job, of course, is why you want to go it, but it's there to fit into groups. You know, like when I joined that CP group, they didn't have they needed an extra caring and they didn't need my puppet to do damage. I was doing damage, so you know, my puppet filled in that role of backup caring, which is, you know, DDs can't do that while being a DD. So that's that's great that it's no impact to me while I'm trying to do it. But SE made the job to be a synergy role, so the reason it doesn't shine in the meta is because it doesn't have a clue to find purpose and it takes a lot of knowledge and master based usage here to make the job really shine. So that's I guess why it's not popular. Yeah, and I think it also uh, doesn't help that most people only want the best meta setups with full-on Remas and uh, completely geared-out people and what what have you. And Pup is really that kind of job that just does one thing extremely well, and people just don't really appreciate that. So Savage Blaine go boom? Pretty much these days, pretty much. But uh, Howling Fest comes close. So where, so, yeah. as a pup, do you enjoy fitting in? Or what, I mean, what, what gives you justification for your love of the job? Because loving it's one thing, but showing people how it works for them is another thing entirely, which I think comes full circle for everyone wondering, well, why pup? Well, um, beyond all the testing and tinkering, obviously, I really enjoy all roles that pup can fill. Uh, most recently, using the... Um, sharp shot, a full sharp shot automaton to be like a pseudo ranger very satisfying as i mentioned before and um yeah mostly pet burns actually uh, uh especially if, if if you didn't know and a full-on dd automaton that's played purely as a pet job like you're not you're not even dding on the uh, master at all it actually does way more damage than any summoner can do in a prolonged fight unless you're using um one hours so just the white damage and the constant skill, um, constant weapon skills, they completely outparse uh, summoners if you're going for stuff like that in Omen, for example. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's kind of a misconception about summoner anyway. Um, summoner generally doesn't win the parse unless it's a conduit. Well, yeah, I think it would also be pretty competitive with Beastmasters. Like, but just general, if you do like doing like a pet burn, mm-hmm. we have um, a mixture of puppets, uh, summoners, and Beastmasters that. Puppet Master, when properly played and geared, they'll uh, really impress you. Yeah, I used to do a lot of things as my Beastmaster with with that the Cavendish guy I keep mentioning. Um, he would go Puppet Master a lot of stuff. I would do Beastmaster, and we would just handle content without any kind of real issue. Um, it was usually a really effective duo. And that's satisfying, because uh, in this game, when you may need a Link Shuttle to do something, or you may need a Pug group to do something, the ability when you sufficiently gear two jobs that work well together, like Pup and your Beast, for example, which also work very well with Subtle Blow, uh, it, it's very satisfying to go and it won't even be a quick fight, but that's something that you kind of almost at this point with how quick things are meant to be with the meta destroying everything and blowing it up, not being a quick fight that you don't struggle at but still have fun at, you can't get that without certain jobs like that pup and beast combo. And that's, that's you know, invaluable for people who actually want to enjoy the game beyond acquiring items. The Tomaton DD is actually also really, um, really shines when you're ta- uh, while holding monsters at the same time. The Bruiser Tomaton setup with the uh, Valorage body and souls through their head, it actually puts out really good numbers as well. So we can can do the holding and the DDing at the same time without any loss to the party, which is cool. Which uh, which did did come into play during, uh, for example, Goblin Ambuscade. Uh, had one um, a held one Goblin 
well, I did it on the uh, on the other side of the room with my puppet master, and it worked really well. And also um, with Summoner, you mentioned too before we got the topic completely. Summoner SC has made it clear between Summoner and Pup, Pup's pet from seventy five to now has always meant to do if it's filling a DD role to do less than normal DD, but more than the Summoner. Meanwhile, Summoner has favor and everything, showing how SE is designing Summoner to be like, yeah, it can do some damage and conduit maybe for emergency situations, what is just used for killing things. Uh, it also has, you know, mm-hmm. subtle blow and enhancements like TP bonus from Shiva, Warcry, Fenrir, not Fenrir, uh, Ifrit, and, and Fire with Infrit. You know, it's meant to be a support job, a mage that can cure and do spells. You know, the roles are completely different there for Summoner and Pup, and I think both jobs get caught up in players one, not understanding what the job does, and two, trying to make it fit into something it's not, like Summoner Conduit Bird. It, it's it's maybe a 30 seconds of do or die, but the job's not designed to be that DD like Beastmaster or Puff would be in that case. While Subtle Blow 2 from, you know, the new Avatar is yeah, really awesome for, you know, people. I think a dedicated group of players in this game can have more fun than anyone else. Yeah, that's my experience with my aesthetic. Really thankful for them because I can test so much stuff uh, with Puppet Master. And that's actually something I wanted to mention, uh, like talk about as well. Uh, Kudrup Ambu, uh, we actually had a very unorthodox setup for that. Um, we used two uh, DD automatons for the boss, while a Paladin held all the ads, while um, Summoner and Paladin slash Summoner were mewing them. And the automatons just kept skill chaining off of each other with co- uh, Companion's role. And multi-stepping it down, and for the last thirty uh, percent, when it spams the health drain, it, it just popped overdrive to, to finish off quicker. But it wasn't really necessary. But it was really a, fu- a very fun way to beat the ambuscade in an uh, unusual way, and it also allowed us to bring along some uh, um, friends on Unger Corsairs or other jobs that could use the points that month. So it was really fun. And that's really cool. Yeah, you go fast. No, I was just saying that that's that's nice. Like usually, especially when it comes to very particular ambuscades like that, it's it's very difficult for a lot of jobs to get their points for that month. End up resorting to all kinds of different shenanigans in order to get them. Um, how can I cheat this, strategy. or how can I reduce it down yeah. to the simplest thing, like a cookie cutter? How can I make it? How can I mass produce this? Yeah, and something with mechanics as annoying as uh, Q tropes is definitely right up there on that list. So. It's just awesome that you were fi- you found a way to be able to to get that to work, you know, without just throwing like ninjas and in a paladin super. Yeah. So, what it comes down to, Pup is really good at making lomads work. I'd say, which is pretty relevant these days in the current climate of the game. So, if you enjoy that kind of co- uh, uh, content or uh, party setups, uh, Puppet Master is a job for you next to Blue Mage or Red Mage. <laughs> you and your yes if anyone doesn't know uh Eris here has eric's eric's whatever you it's just eric's right yes if anyone doesn't know eric's here has a what r15 merglis i don't regret it but i also regret it if that makes sense <laughs> that's that's fair i understand i mean i i don't i don't play as much bread mage anymore as i used to uh it's kind of fallen by the wayside ever since uh crush on wars became popular because it's just i don't know uh the, the magic of the job kind of went away because it became so mainstream again. And so... Uh, Fox feels well, that um, way with Crochet. Yeah. Yeah. It brought the bad it, it kind of 
yeah, it got, it got kind of uh, put into the DD role and like the other parts of the job kind of get neglected now, nowadays by a lot of the community where you, when you were still trying to uh, sort, of, sort of prove yourself, I suppose. Yeah, that's definitely true. It's, Everyone it's, wants to be someone. It's a lot easier now. That's the problem too. Is the reason another reason pup and everything, you know, because when you try to make pup that super buffed, I'll show you guys. I'll show them. Uh, you know, it it's not it's not right. It's it doesn't fit. It's it's just you know a square peg in a round hole. So while you're raping your pup into that status uh, symbol, you're trying to make <laughs> it. <laughs> while you're raping your pup into the public eye, there it's you know not not right. But if anything, outside of trying to cut through certain mentalities that the community has that are prevailing and try to circulate different ways of thinking and really, I think, engaging people back in the, the true essence and fun of the game here, if anything can be said about Pup, I mean, the uniqueness of it, how cool it is working in low mans, I think it's really kind of a job that, sure, it's not Warrior going pow, pow, pow. It's not Dark Knight with Resolution in the new Sakpata set destroying things and melting them which might be an overstatement of how the job is supposed to be on steroids at this point by SC, but who knows? I mean, the essence of how it lets you get back to having fun in the game and not ambuscade, doing things that were unconventional, that included people that you wanted to bring who otherwise couldn't come, uh, you know, having friends with the, having fun with those friends and just going off and doing non-conventional things that you don't have to do but you do, and then you're kind of glad you do anyway. I think that gets back to the essence of not just cutting through the misconceptions in the community, but kind of just showing that fun is around every corner if you're willing to be secure enough in yourself to just kind of get out there and do it and just kind of meet people to do it with and not be afraid to play a job that doesn't have a clearly defined role. And then as you explore it with Pup, I mean, you kind of... I mean, I don't have a job that can magic burst on Spicy, so... I mean, having a job that I can go to, to Kai on, because I would like a Shamash robe for my idol on blue. It's not important, so I haven't gone out of the way, but if I had Pup, I'd finally have a job. It's not supposed to be the job, but I'll finally have something I can actually do it with, and that's fun. Yeah, and it's actually, it bursts so hard that you won't even uh, get into the way of Black Mages, so it's, that's kind of nice. I'd imagine it still has the nuke wall in place, so does it just... I mean, the Black Mage is going to nuke first, of course, because the pup is the pup. It's not, you know, yeah. quick draw McGraw there, but... Yeah, but it does enough damage that, like, the second MBs from the Black Mages, uh, even if they get nerfed, it won't be, like, I don't know, uh, a Red Mage sometimes bursting or um, Scholar sometimes bursting, where people kind of get annoyed when you do that. Yeah, because you, you nerf them. Not a Black Mage Yeah. yeah. At level 75, I was in a merit party once in Mount Salam there on Pup in a ma in a Black Mage group. And I kind of like, someone was shouting for Black Mage. And I'm like, I don't have a Black Mage, but my puppet can nuke pretty good. And they actually, which I usually get turned down back at 75 for that, as you may experience on Pup if you've played it long enough. And they actually let me come Pup sub Bard to Mount Salam Pudding Merit Party. And my Pup wasn't like, it was... Like, I was better than the bad black mages, which was cool. So I was better than the bad black mages, but, like, the super-geared HQ black mages were obviously going to do better. But, I mean, the fact that I was a puppet there in a group that was historically, you know, black mage only, and giving them Ballad, which helped them, and nuking to add damage, you know, essentially the party said, um, you know, protect that puppet master. If, like, I got aggro, and like, protect that pup, you know, like, they actually came to really be... Yeah, you know, they'd never had a pup in their group before doing that, so it was it was you know a new adventure for everyone. 
Yeah, I wish I could have had some some experiences like that. It sounds pretty cool. Yeah, and it's your only job. I can definitely see it being that rare gem that everyone kind of appreciates because it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Yeah, it's always nice when you surprise others as well as yourself with when playing the job. That's uh, a really good motivator. Yeah, sure. There was less gear back then, so it was a lot more possible based on the base standards of what the job could do and versus the content. Now everything is super gear-based, which is not a bad thing because the game needs longevity and to incentivize people to do things, but it also makes it there's a lot more fluidity to the job. There's a lot more moving on, a lot more pieces to focus on. And for someone like Fox or I, mostly Fox, I just kind of attempt to do the same thing. Having all those sort of variables and things to do and ways to enhance a job that weren't possible without the gear before, it makes it very exciting to kind of nerd out there and go deep into what a job can do. And this job certainly has the most depth to it, I think, of any job in the game, which is a certainly an endearing factor to it. Yeah, I'm convinced I'm definitely going to be unmuling it trying to pack some other job away now in its place. I've been having fun. I've just been going out and getting, I just yell for a random support job. And a bunch, I've got a red mage. I got a, a geo. I got another geo who was actually getting, Tarugeru was getting merits to unlock their uh, augments for uh, mythic or something. They were doing the, the merit route for Obero, which takes forever. But I guess they had no group. So it was their, their resort there. They've gotten thousands of merits into Obero that way. But they joined me and it was just, Going on on pup and I, I tell him want to do over thirty minutes. I put on a uh, Rollenberry, not Rollenberry, the grapefruit Daifuku or whatever. So my pup is enough accuracy and doe gates because I still don't have twelve hundred anything or other better pet gear. I haven't made a pet hybrid set yet, which would kind of alleviate the need to use it. But and just going out there for thirty minutes, grabbing the campaign just ended. I was getting like seventy CP. At, at like you know 550 or something but i'm sure now the campaign's over just going there for 30 minutes and playing on pup and i mean that's my day that's that's good enough for me yeah so another thing where pup uh, is really nice to have is um we did cover that earlier but uh when you have the tank maton you can give it um double uh dispel attachments which are really nice for stuff like odin a disruptor puts up dread spikes yeah disruptor and regulator uh, regulator is like absorber attribute from Dark Knight, so you can just steal the trick. Uh, actually, I think in Odin's case, uh, only one of them works, but you can dispel uh, stuff like Dread Spikes instantly, uh, which is really nice, like in, just in general, not just for Odin, but for other jobs as well. Um, yeah, so comparing that to Solo Pop, as I've mentioned before, you can multi step pretty easily with the Tomaton, but um, you can also like with with the introduction of the, this uh, subtle blow gear and the, uh, like Impaka stuff or Chocodal B. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing a lot of subtle blow solos with the automaton holding uh, the, uh, a boss, for example, or dealing with the ads. So there's a lot of potential there that has that's still untapped. So I mean, we have about maybe five minutes left at most. So I thought this was a very you know great episode. I had probably some of the most gleeful for anyone who listens amounts of fun that i'm just i'm off the charts like happy and excited to deal with this job again so i guess i was right last episode fox saying you know what favorite job's pup forget forget blue you can't you can't forget <laughs> for about sure. 1734 is garrett circles in the timestamp. um so fox do you want to i've given my thoughts extensively on this already so i'm going to shut up here fox do you want to give your your last thoughts on the job and then i'll let you uh close it out there um uh, Eris, Eris. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There could be a um, comment about I how think... I can't pronounce his name as Eric's. It's the simplest name. <laughs> it's Eric's, and I just I want to say I want to say Z at the end, and it just doesn't 
I'm I'm used from uh, to you mispronouncing stuff since you like to use the German a lot. Oh shit! <laughs> oh man, that's that that hurts me. It's too tomboyed. Was it too spicy for you? Oh, sehr scharf, mein Freund. Yeah. So when it comes to approaching pup and you know doing this, you know trying to approach another job again because I mean I'm sort of geared. I know what I'm doing ish on it, you know, but I can only perform the most basic actions. Um, I think, you know, to being able to, to talk about it and mostly hear about, you know, the, the different things that you can do with the job still provided kind of an eye-opening experience where I want to be able to tinker on the job. You know, I, it made, it, it, like this, this conversation has made me want to unmule it and it makes me want to actually like have fun with it again. Um, I'm someone who is very guilty of just min-maxing things on the ground, despite how accepting I am of, you know, strategies people would consider lesser. Um, I think this would be an opportunity for me to really flex my ability to, you know, optimize and i think there's just just an infinite amount of fun to play with there so i i just i i think the job uh needs more attention from the community and i think it needs a more varied attention uh not just you know what everyone assumes the role to be uh, because there's a, a lot of missed opportunities out there um to be able to not only have fun with the job uh but to also actually make it complement your group well so i i you know i really want to I really want to delve into that. And now it fits well into a subtle blow group. So like your Beastmaster doesn't have to do the best DPS in the game, but it fits great into a subtle blow group while providing some extra utility to whatever group you have there. And it kind of, you know, it doesn't have to be the strongest job. I think SE is focusing on jobs that aren't, I mean, Monk is a bit of a powerhouse with the adjustments they give in it. Not a powerhouse like Warrior Dark Knight, but I think they're focusing on giving light armor jobs like Monk and Pup and Beasts a heavy armor job, but jobs that aren't considered to be the greatest DDs is what I'm getting on here. Those extra subtle blow utilities so that if people want to use that job for that purpose, it gives them more of a reason to use something that's not, you know, Samurai, Dark Knight, etc. Yeah, I think uh, Puppet Master could really complement a monk for a subtle blow setup in the future. Mm-hmm. And it brings something else because you can have two monks, but I mean, do you need a second monk? Does it bring anything extra besides duplicating the first job? I mean, Pup can bring extra skill training to it, you know, anything else I can do. Different uh, skill chain attributes, for example. Well, also, I mean, look at the new content, too. You can't have duplicates of jobs, so if you need something similar-ish, there you go. but also, you know, that can provide extra support, Pup is a perfectly adequate role in, uh, in jail, that's for sure. Which is why I gushed over that idea. You're going to force me not to use the same job over and over again? That is awesome. Yeah, Puppet Master is actually... Not terrible with daggers either, so that's uh, like a different damage type. That um, if, if, if you're playing with a monk, you don't have to double up on the hand to hand, for example. I think Bird Bane's from the Mandragora and Battalia S also did piercing damage, which was the only thing after the Fomina Aqueduct's bat at him. But otherwise, for piercing damage. Otherwise, uh, Eric, do you want to give us your closing thoughts here so we can round this out? Yeah, I hope I won't get massacred by the community for saying that Pup isn't technically a tank. I don't know. If they do, forget them because they're not objective enough to consider how great you've I mean, been in terms of providing your expertise in this podcast. I mean, Pup Master can do a lot of things. Just just the tanking in the traditional sense or in the, the meta sense is kind of an ish, iffy issue where, where I also uh, kind of butted heads with Rua for a while. Or at one point. <laughs> Probably, at least. yeah, I can see that. <laughs> April Fool's joke. I mean, um, if, if Scary Enix decides to uh, shoehorn Puppet Master into the, a real tank role by adjusting it, by giving it AoE, um, enmity abilities, or and some party protection, why not? I mean, it, it would be another tool in the toolkit, and we still have our other options. So um, 
I wouldn't I wouldn't hate the idea, but I also like just like having so much flexibility with the job that you can do so much. I don't want to, the job to just be a tank and nothing else, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I couldn't imagine a job with so many possibilities just being homogenized like that because we found the path of least resistance to make it that way. It's the most misunderstood job in the game. Yeah, probably. But I think that rounds it out. This was super, super, super fun. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Super glad you came. Uh, feeling dunk. Yeah, yeah, anytime, dude. Um, I feel like I actually learned stuff. It was really enjoyable. Thank you. And I guess now we have to plug everything. So you can join our <laughs> link shell on a server server if you care. It's crowded. That's cool. Um, not the link shell, but the server, which I enjoy the way it is. So that or send us an email at WTF, VTF in Fanadil at gmail.com. Uh, oh God. <laughs> I know, right? I have to deal with it all the time. Well, would you like to say it then? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm asking. I'm asking Eric's. Would he like to say it then? Uh, do I really want to though? Just say VTF. Do I? Um, VTF in Vanadil. See, <laughs> I did it so horrible that it was, you know, maybe eighty, maybe seventy-five percent right on par with that. There we go. I'm horrible. <laughs> anyway, okay. maybe I'll ask you for more than pup advice in the future. Please don't. <laughs> anyway. I'm sorry. It's just, yeah. You, it's, you you've know. <laughs> been my favorite guest, so thank you for being such a good sport. Thank you. I, I mean, uh, it was really, really, really good episode. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. I'd be happy to have you on again. I'm sure you agree, Fox. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I hope we didn't talk too much over you, Fox. Uh, I got really long-winded there. It's different when I actually know more about the topic at hand. Like, yes. you know, I can weigh into like the PDF and all that, all that crazy garbage that people pretend to listen to. Um, but when it comes to actual meat and potatoes, I, I don't mind taking a, a back seat when you know more knowledgeable people know more about a subject. That's for sure. Fox is no the yin deal. to my yang. Without Fox, not even just covering the mechanics there. Without Fox's, you know, silky smooth radio voice and his ability to compliment, <laughs> compliment, you know, questions or insights or being the if he, even if he's the outside guy looking in, he he definitely adds to it. Anyway, you can join our Discord. Always linked in the bottom. And you leave us a comment on YouTube. We like responding to those or anything. Uh, the BG thread, uh, if you're Alvino or whatever, posting in there, since I have no accent whatsoever and can't pronounce things. Uh, that There you go. And otherwise, I think that's everything to plug. And Eric, are you going to make a thread for your webcomic? Uh, I will probably post it everywhere once it's ready, for sure. I, I hope that people will enjoy it. It would really mean a lot to me because uh, I've spent a lot of time writing the stories to make them interesting even uh like the backstories for the characters i mean not not the uh main storylines i'm stealing from the game but yeah uh please look forward to it as i mentioned it's uh, a big passion project so thank you fox thank you eric all right thanks guys and thanks everybody for listening uh, thank you even for the german <laughs> <laughs> kind problem yeah later <laughs>